Welcome everyone to the 69th episode nice, nice. of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, is Ryan Eliopoulos, our resident comic book expert. Hey, what's up? I'm also Valkyrie. Sparkplug Wickwitty, our puppet expert. Oh, felty. Yeah, I know a lot about the, the things with the hands up the butts. <laughs> oh, and Ben Magnet, our Stephen King expert. Nice. I'm just going to accept it at this point. It's love. You might you're, as well. You're in my world now. And you know what? I guarantee you, you probably do know more about Stephen King, even if you're not an expert. So just take it and love yeah, it. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to run with take it a now. Take penny, leave a penny. I'm it's just going to run with it now. Good. So what happened in uh, the end of It? <laughs> well, so you see, the kids fight off the thing. And <laughs> well, listen, the manifestation of their powers, you see. <laughs> it like pushes up Push glasses. The three sets I, just, of like, glasses. I just move my glasses like, well, you see. Oh, wow. you've been reading up. Yeah. The last 300 pages really goes into the details, you guys. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. I read a lot of comics this week, and it was, but I do that every week, so it's a good week. Oh, that's just a that's just a Tuesday for that's you. That's just a yeah. well, technically a Wednesday. That's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, oh sorry. Wednesday. Oh, I'm so sorry. I bought all my books today, and I almost read them all today, though, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought all my books yesterday. I bought some good books. Um, really looking. I'm really into Dark Knight's Metal. Yes, always. I'm just, God, I'm so into that book. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am dealing with uh, a personal tragedy. You had a yeah. Oh I shit! No, that came yeah. out wrong. No, 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 crap, no! I crap, understand what you're saying. No, no, your beloved wrong. baby, your beloved baby. They they were doing pretty well, and then they yeah. had one game yeah. that they, you you went to the upside down for, and they, it went real bad. Yeah, then they blew it. Oh, is this a sports thing again? Yeah, yeah. that we lost. But I yeah, um, Dodgers, Dodgers lost. <laughs> shut yeah. up, Sparks. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not like I waited my entire life to see them go that far. Oh, anyway. you're gonna wait longer. <laughs> oh crap! But but. I am healing with uh, two video games that yeah. I got this week. Super Mario Odyssey. I'm not very far in it. I'm barely in it. That game looks so good. And I've heard that's really good. No. Honestly, I was this close to putting a thing on Instagram where you and I were finding I was like, hey, Brandon, the new Jurassic Park game came out. And you'd be like, wait, what? And I oh, sent you the yeah. photo I took of Mario as the dinosaur. I'd be like, surprise. It's got a mustache, you guys. And also, I... And also, I finally caved, and I actually got the deluxe edition of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I like how you said you finally caved, but we both know you pre-ordered that. I did not. He didn't. That game came out months ago. He was ago. talking about it. I he want. Was, he no. was talking about it for like ever. I wanted to pre-order it. I didn't pre-order it, and then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna get it. Anyways. That game came out a while ago. It, so did. it came nice. out in September. Yeah, that's what nice that you got it now. Wait, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. How come I didn't hear anything about it once it dropped? Because it wasn't received that well. at first. At first, I mean, the game <sighs> still got decent scores. Decent. Yeah, but. They were getting a lot of flack for how the characters look, how yeah. the graphics were, so yeah. they patched it a few times, and then they're like, okay, people... Just are- like a Capcom game, t- give them a couple months before <sighs> they get that game, perfect. <laughs> That's why I waited a couple months oh, to buy it. No, Battlefront 2 is going to be probably okay. And sure. that... Actually, Fang got me that as an early birthday present. Battlefront 2? Battlefront 2. She got it off the black market because it's not out yet? Nope, Deluxe Edition pre-order. I get it three days before it, um, it uh, gets released. Doot, doot, doodaloo. That's, yeah. right. That's right. I yeah. hate that EA That comes that. out the weekend of our birthday. It comes out the day of your birthday and comes out the day before mine. Nice. So that was like a, like a Marvel superheroes too. Ooh. Ooh. I'm more interested in Battlefront. Sorry. Lego. Honestly, I'm more, way more interested in like Marvel superheroes. Oh I want to see I, Droid Palpatine. Dude, Kang, I, time travel adventure, Cosmo. I'm so stoked. Oh, now that you say that, I like Kang a lot. Right? That's pretty dude, cool. I cannot wait to play Battlefront 2. That story mode better be worth it. Apparently it's only like five hours. You know oh, what? Okay. I'm okay with that. Oh, <laughs> and please, for the love of God, edit that out. I will not. No, I stopped myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did not mean to say that. Oh my God, I suck. Lame. I suck. It's I'm okay. just gonna You're beating yourself up a lot. I'm just gonna crawl. I'm just gonna crawl into a hole and die. Here I go, crawling into a hole. Battlefront 2, regardless, looks good. It does. I'm really looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Sparks. Yeah. What? Hi. Hi. You gonna play? Hey. Any, you gonna what play? Up? What have you been doing this week? What's happening? 
You were gone oh, last week, I do man. This, uh, yeah, I was. We missed you. I, I missed you too. I, mean, I was, I would, I was uh, this is, doing the hall. There you go. Yeah. I was doing the Halloween jams, and I was in a show because a puppet's got to eat. <laughs> what do puppets eat, Sparks? Um, I could explain it to you, but your life would be forever changed in a way I don't feel as positive got from it. knowing that answer. I'm not ready to enter this world. You ever seen Human Centipede? <clears throat> yeah. A lot like that. Oh, you're right. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more felty, though. No, but we yeah, you, yeah. you were you were in here last week when we talked about Romero, and I really wish that you had been. Old Georgie. And, yeah, uh, I, I thought you guys covered it pretty well. There was just uh, there was one thing that I was surprised Ryan specifically didn't bring it up. But Damn it. Uh, not that not that it's a knock Pulling on you. Pulling you out, man. <laughs> I'm a fake nerd. No, 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 it's not a knock kidding. on you. I guess I thought you covered it really well, but something I wanted to just mention is I thought that one of the key things about Romero's legacy is uh, the effect that he had on so many horror filmmakers who came after him because you can see it with uh, how many horror movies, like uh, famous horror movies, they're, they have characters constantly watching Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's true. In their movies, uh, Romero's legacy went well beyond just the zombie establishment. He also created this kind of mold-breaking narrative that a whole lot of horror filmmakers would follow afterwards. <clears throat> no, man, you're 100% right. And that's why I wish you were here because you, you get that insight that I, that I sometimes yeah. forget. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, I thought you guys did a great job covering the episode. I'm glad. I'm glad I got to rewatch Dawn of the Dead because that movie is again just dudes in motorcycles, pine zombies in the face. That's super. Didn't fun. Didn't you say that George's son is working on a film? Yes, he is. He is. Uh, he just announced that he's making Rise of the Living Dead, Ooh. which is going to be a prequel, a prequel to Romero's original film Night of the Living Dead, and he says that he's entirely working on it as a love letter to his father. Okay. Aww. Okay. That's he's, he's not a filmmaker, right? He hasn't done anything before this. I'm I'm not uh, entirely certain. Uh, uh, what his what his uh, film background is. So, hmm. like, I I have I'm, to do some digging to find. I'm sure that one out. of us can look it up, but we're not going to. My phone's off forever. <laughs> um, forever. Yeah, uh, I love George Romero. Uh, I don't know anything about his son. Uh, I don't. No, if you need a prequel to his son is named dead. his son is named George B. Romero. George B. Oh, that's funny. Uh, here's here's <laughs> here's what here's what uh, here's what his son uh, his son is um, uh, Cameron Romero. By the way, here's what his son said exactly. Um, many of you know that I have been working to tell a story for many years. My dad read the script and called it genius. Many have approached me about making this film, and I've said no to many because even though I'm not a precious artist, this one is special. It's mine. It's a love letter to my father and to his work, um, to the fact that he was once called the most dangerous filmmaker alive, to the fact that society in 1968 wanted to shut him up as much as they wanted to celebrate him. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be prelude tonight, and it's my absolute promise to you all that this film will be everything it needs to be. It's a lot to promise. I really hope so. Yeah. Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Let's, 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 let's hope. Hey, let's hope it gets made. Well... Okay. Yeah, I think I think any amount of you know a son wanting to do something as a love letter to his dad with such a legacy is just cool in general. Yeah, that is cool. It very rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Max Landis was attached to do the remake of. Uh, he still is. Oh, he still yeah, is. Still working on it. Yeah, uh, American Wildlife from London, right? Yep. Yeah, it's a terrific. Uh, directed that's by John Landis. Terrific Ooh. movie. Uh, that's another movie that's gonna be really hard to top because that yeah. movie's freaking amazing. You guys, uh, you guys hungry? Maybe. Um, <coughs> I ate a couple hours ago, but I'm always down for some B and B, if you know what I mean. Oh. 
no, I can't make it fun. No. It wasn't smart enough. Bread and butter, baby. Bread and butter. All right. So here we go. Mm. Uh, we're going to touch on Justice League a little bit. Sparks oh. and I were talking, uh, as we do often, because uh, we're best friends. As friends do. Yeah. Um, about, <sighs> Sparks, how would you put this? <laughs> What's uh, what? Uh, I, I guess I would, uh, <laughs> I would start with the quotes, I think. Okay. So I'll start with Gal Gadot's because that quote came out last week mm-hmm. oh did we m- kind of talk about that a little bit ourselves we w- ourselves but not okay, on the yeah, show got it, got it. well gal gadot last week said about wonder woman giving up on the world in batman v superman uh what we know of wonder woman what we see at the end of wonder woman uh doesn't, doesn't, really connect. doesn't match so she said we realize that actually there is no way that wonder woman will ever give up on mankind the reason why she left the island was because she wanted to make their life better and safer they are her calling so I'm giving you a very honest answer. Sometimes in a creative process, you establish something that is not necessarily the right decision, but then you can always correct it and change it. So Wonder Woman will always be there as far as she concerns for mankind. And you and I, Brandon, we talked about this, and I think that's a really good quote because Gal Gadot doesn't have any input in her character. She just does what she's kind of told, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, yeah. And uh, that woman, Wonder, Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman is very different a little bit than the woman in BVS and also probably Justice League. So it's curious. <laughs> it's a curious response. Very curious. And also, we don't know what happened to Wonder Woman or to Diana in the 80 or no, but this is saying years that since was, World War One. But this is saying that there was nothing that it doesn't, happened. It's saying oh. that we kind of just... BVS is not... Is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, oh. essentially, they're doing what I was worried that Pacific Rim would do. Mm-hmm. They're retconning the ending of Batman v uh. Superman. You're saying you you made a, you made a gross face, but honestly, Sparks and I agree. This is kind of a positive thing. Actually, no, yeah. actually that more I think about, it, yeah, because that the ending of Batman v Superman was just well, all, Wonder Woman <coughs> Batman v Superman was well, except the part where Wonder Woman, except the part where Wonder Woman showed up and you hear no, the guitar the, riff for the first no, time. No, but that's the thing. Her character in, in Batman v Superman she should have never left humanity. She's like, I hate humanity. Everything is terrible. Mankind is horrible. Yeah. And we see her at the end of Wonder Woman. She's like, mankind is wonderful, and yeah. I believe in them. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think that's just it's just different teams made different movies and they, unfortunately they didn't line up as well as they wanted and she just admitted that and I think that's awesome. Instead of them like cowering away from it, she's like, "Yeah, we kind of did a different thing, but like we're fixing it and it's going to be great." Right. So now cut to this week and Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry, oh, you, no. you mustache wearing man. What, what did that man say? There's two there's two bits. I cut out the bit in the middle because he gushes about Wonder Woman as he should. Uh, but this bit in the beginning he says, "Even if Marvel didn't exist, we'd struggle." There was a style they were going for an attempt, let's talk about DC now, uh, an attempt to be different and look at things from a slightly different perspective, which hasn't necessarily worked. Yes, it has made money, but it has not been a critical success. It hasn't given everyone that sensation which superheroes should give the viewer. Interesting. He goes on to say, I feel like now the right mistakes have been made and they haven't been pandered to. And we can start telling the stories in the way they need to be told. It is even better to come back from a mistake or stylistic error into the correct vein because it will make it seem that much stronger. Wonder Woman was the first step in the right direction. You go first, Sparks. Sparks. Uh, So the whole reason I wanted to talk about this is because um, the combination of these two quotes got me thinking uh, a lot about what they were saying and about justice league and i i realized that i'd reached this place where i i i've been wanting justice league to fail and i've been wanting it for a long time 
not because I want a bad Justice League movie, but because I want Warner Brothers to learn their have lesson. a financial have a financial loss and recognize that they messed up. And somewhere along the way, I've totally lost the notion that I even ever wanted a good Justice League movie. <laughs> and then reading these quotes, I was like, "That's right, I do want Justice League to actually be good. That would be nice." And the fact that they're coming out and in the most public way that they can, essentially saying Zack Snyder was wrong Remember, even the about producer. the way he handled their characters, about the way he handled their characters is such a like, okay, the fact that they're saying this before Justice League comes out makes me wonder if, I don't think Justice League is going to be a good movie. I still don't think that. I still don't think it can be saved from what vision Zack Snyder, I think, put into it. However... I do think that it's possible that them talking with Joss and all this backtracking that Warner Brothers has been doing has been them basically saying, look for the things that we did right in Justice League, that we're trying to fix it and have hope for the future because they want to fix it. I think they're trying to basically say, we're aware and we're trying to change direction. Remember, even the producer uh, at Warner Brothers said, even outright said something along the lines of Zack Snyder's vision no longer lines up with ours. I'm just, I'm so curious what this movie is going to be. So I do think I'm I'm with sparks. I don't think this movie is going to be good, but I also agree. Like I got so used to the notion that it wasn't going to be good that I almost wanted it not to be good. I don't want to live in a world where I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Jessica's going to be bad. That's not the world we deserve. No, it's not. not, the, The Superman doesn't deserve that. And these are characters that I love. And I've always said, I've said it on the show, these are characters that I love, but after Batman v Superman, I, will, I looked at this franchise as a complete failure. Like, there was nothing in the slate that I was looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to Aquaman and Shazam now, but, like, Justice League was one of those things where it's just like, no, no, I don't want to... I, I was on record of saying, I'm not going to see Justice League. Yeah. So, it, it's really weird that, that Gal said this last week, and then Henry Cavill said this this week. Before the movie's out. Yes. And, right. And I was talking to you, Brandon, about this, about how uh, critics, film critics, uh, not, not fans, so film, actual film critics from like IGN and all like the big places, they've seen the movie, but they can't talk about it until the embargo lifts in two weeks. Usually, when people get to see movies early, it's a good sign, because the studio believes in the movie, but also it's not always a good sign. With this movie, I just, it's been through so much hell, and, and I just like, every week I'm flip-flopping on how I feel about it. So at this point right now, don't I just don't know anymore. It's no. getting closer and closer. And I'm just like, oh God, just the the Justice League movie that we've been waiting for our entire lives is here, and I don't know. Think I care about it. I told you guys I saw some clips. Yeah, I, we saw the trailer in the theater. I did nothing for me. Every scene, bro, both Brandon and I just like groaned to put our heads back. We're like, oh God. Yeah. But that, that's the mis- that's the problem that we're talking and then about. After, and then afterwards, we got Star Wars. Then we got Black Panther, and all of us were excited again. Justice League. I should we be just feeling- got Thor. Yeah, we just got Thor. And I have been I have been wanting a Justice League movie ever since I heard they were doing Marvel's doing the Avengers. I have been like praying as like if Marvel's doing Even this before and that, it's like we I wanted the Justice League because at the time Justice League was more common recognizable name than the Avengers were. And we would have had a Justice League movie in two thousand and eight. We would have if with George Miller, but then that's just yeah, that just like fan. that just who knows what the world would be in. The, well, who uh, knows? If, yeah, if Australia hadn't upped their tax laws, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> Uh, just thinking about just like Army I'm, Hammer as Batman. That would have been fine. That would have been cool. Know, but the world would have lifted. Yeah, I know. But I actually I agree with Sparks. I don't want this movie to fail. But at the same time, it's like just let Warner Brothers learn their effing lesson 
And at this end, I still feel weird. It's like, I want to go see Justice League, and at the same time, I don't want to go see Justice League because I don't want to be disappointed. But at the same time, I want to see these characters that I've known and loved my entire life on the big screen and kicking ass and taking names together. Now, that said, like I said, I saw some clips. Oh, no. First off, the clips are very strange. Um, they're, I don't think... The strange c- as in, like, what do you mean strange? Well, okay, so, so the CGI is really good. Okay. Like the CGI I've heard been, people complain about the CGI, actually. The, well, listen to the clips. They've been, ta- they've been polished. Okay. I actually like how st- I actually like Steppenwolf. I do, I, too. I don't love his design. I don't like that he's just another gray monster. He looks like Ares. Yeah, it yeah. looks like Ares. Um, he looks like D- Doomsday and Ares and a gray monster. Yeah. With, mm. If he shoots chromatic blue lightning, I swear to God. No, <laughs> no we saw a blue dome, remember? There's no. No, it's that's the final act. is a big blue dome. Oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so look. Um, so I saw some clips, and I'll be honest. I still don't like Ray Fisher as Cyborg, and I still don't like Ezra Miller as The Flash. Yeah. I think both, uh, especially uh, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, he's so wooden. Is he still wooden in all those scenes? Very wooden. That's awful. And Ezra Miller, and we talk, we see this in the trailer. Ezra Miller, I just don't like his. Whoa, oh, I, we, that, we bat saw, signal made, that bat signal line made me laugh. That yeah, one, like, that's but, it. you don't like him being like very a uh, wide eyed. Like, here's oh, no, here's he's the, the rookie of the. Here's team. the bit that I'm talking about specifically in the the scene uh, where he's like, I just push people and run away. Like that scene, that clip was released, and we see that scene. And that is so bad. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it's just like, I just, I, I've never fought before. And I just, I, I just run kid. away and he's I just push kid. people. And, and like, it's not the nervousness. Like, I don't mind that. It's how he's performing mm-hmm. that I don't have a problem with. Like, Ray Fisher, like a cy- like Cyborg, okay, maybe he's a little wooden, but I don't like how Ray Fisher is doing Cyborg. Yeah. I don't like how Ezra Miller is doing The Flash. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's not Zack Snyder that's actually the one? Because these are all really good actors who have been in really good in other things. Maybe. I think it's not them. I think it's Zack Snyder. <laughs> Because Ezra Miller is a really good actor. When did you see these clips? Recently? They're online. Or? They're this all morning. Online. This morning? Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to watch them because I didn't want to see any more. I didn't even know they I feel they like the trailers have shown me enough. I didn't even know they existed. One of the one of the one of the clips was the rooftop sequence um with Gordon and Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash. And uh um uh when we when we see Gordon turn on the light, we hear the uh bat- original nineteen eighty nine Batman. They theme. put that online? Yeah. I'm not watching that bull. That's that's some bull ruining that. That's ruining Ooh. that. Well, they've already said. No, I know, but the thing is, I want to see His that in the score th- is online. I want to see that Batman theme on the big screen for the first time. I don't want to see it on my tiny iPhone where it's going to be ruined. That ruins it for me. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the it's the the it's the riff that we hear in Batman the animated series. Yeah, dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't want to. I don't want to see that online. I want to view that in the movie. That's a bummer. Same yeah. here. Okay. I mean that goes into the other bit that we learned this week is that the original 1989 Batman theme will be in this movie. That's super dope. I'm I'm down. That's do you think Superman will be in there? Do, you, do you, I'm I'm gonna call it. I'm I, I'm sure billions of other people have called it, but when Superman returns, not Brandon. Ralph, 2006 Superman returns. <laughs> Superman returns. <laughs> the dun, the dun, the you mean when here. Superman comes back in the movie? Yeah. When Superman comes back know. from the dead. He said it right. No, so when, when Superman, Superman returns, returns TM, uh, Kevin Spacey. TM 2006. Yeah. All right. What's a uh, uh, Kate Bosworth? That's a movie. Yeah, oh, Kate yeah. Bosworth. That's a movie. Yeah, I think I think that Superman. James Marston. Good. Yeah, he's he's a good dad in that movie. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think the Superman theme's gonna appear. I, there's no way it doesn't, right? Am I right? Come on, that'd be dope. If Batman's in there, Superman has to be in there. It's gonna be dope. Well, uh, Batman's in there because Danny Elfman's probably like me. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm ready for it. Sparks is is a uh, Superman theme gonna appear in there? Yes or yes? Uh, I I don't even option, dare man. to. I I don't even dare to hope. See, I there ha- someone has to be the Superman of this group, and I'm the one with hope. I will carve an S on my chest. Uh, no, oh, no, S, no. Okay, S look, for so it my, hurts. Uh, my whole point to why I wanted to talk about this was that there, this this kind of rethinking, I, I got to say, 
I'm no longer in the place where I'm actively rooting for the failure of this film. Yes. I've been there for a long time, pretty much this whole time. Yeah. Pretty much since Batman v Superman <laughs> yeah. came out. Yeah. And I'm not there anymore. Now, what I want, I want to be able to walk out of the movie and say the movie was just okay. Yeah. But there were some really great moments for certain characters, and that gives me something to want to see them do right in the future. And I want the movie to end in a way where I never need to look back at Justice League or Batman v Superman. I want to kind of clean the slate. And look forward. And and just leave things where I can maybe see better films in the future. Yeah. Sure. Um I had a point, but it's I have hope, now. but I'm not gonna I have hope now for it. That's oh, what yeah. freaks me out is I have hope for the movie, but I'm not gonna say I have hope that the fucking John Williams thing will show up. Yeah. And there's a one there. Hey, we all get one. So no, I, no, no. We, we get one in the show. We don't all get one. No, that's what I meant. Like okay. everybody gets one. It's fine. That's why I said we got the one. Um. So with Henry speaking out and Gal speaking out, they're artists, just like the the director or the writer. Like they want to make good things, and they they see the end product of the last movie wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So again, with the film critics seeing it early, and they want to see them, they want to talk about it, and them saying like, yeah, we know the thing in the past wasn't good, but like this this thing we got going on is getting there. Uh, that that makes me have a little faith. It seems like they have more faith in this than the other one. Sure. I think I think one thing with these quotes that we can say for sure is if you combine these quotes with the backtracking we've been seeing from Warner Brothers for the past couple months, there's pretty much no way Zack Snyder is coming back and doing anything. No, I think, yeah, I think he's done. I think he's out. I he's think out. he's done with yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. At least as far as the DC films are concerned. Just bring Taika Waititi over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just turn everything into a comedy. <laughs> uh, well, Shazam, uh, some Shazam news. <gasps> Mark Strong is apparently up for playing the villain. Dr. Shocker, Savannah, uh, Doctor Savannah, what a gross old man. There was a, there was actually a podcast I was listening to where they were like, if Black Adam's not the, not the villain of of the Shazam film, who could it be? And I, truthfully, I did forget that Shaz that Shazam's main villain isn't always Black Adam. It's Doctor Savannah. It's they're the only two. Right, he only. Has I've two. only I've only read a couple Shazam slash Captain Marvel books, but it's always the bald guy or the angry Egyptian guy. Yes, <laughs> it's always those two guys. Uh, so that's cool. Um, hey, he's cool. He's a cool actor. It means it guarantees that there will probably be a sequel because he'll die at the end of this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Mark Strong. I think is he only a good guy in Kingsman? Everything else is bad. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, mm, technically Stardust. He's, oh. not, he's not outright bad in Stardust. Yeah, okay. I'll allow it. Yeah. He's out for his own means. Yes. Yeah. Um, speaking Stardust. of speaking of Shazam, that is now my most anticipated DC film. Yeah, man. Now that they finally cast Zachary Levi. That's I'm I still think that's a really strong choice. Yeah, and, uh, yeah the quote or uh, he put on Instagram or something like, Guess I'm gonna spend the rest of my life in a gym now. And I'm like, Yeah, Zach, yeah. <laughs> you're getting those millions, you better get those bulks. Yep. Get those gains. Um and Black Adam potentially has a writer in Adam. Nope. That's Sist a cool name. Sistichiel. Sistichiel, sure. Sure. What has he written before? Due Date and Where the Millers 2. There's a second Where the Millers? It's coming out. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I need that sequel. I know, right? Neither do I. Okay. That's fine. That, that guy, the kid was supposed to play Pennywise. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's funny. Um, Those are both okay comedies, so that's weird. To, uh, he's going to write a Black Adam movie. <laughs> sure. Why not? I'll allow it. Uh, it's not official, but yeah. hey. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on from that. We've talked enough about that. Lion King has oh. announced their entire voice cast. And pretty much everything is is, is what we reported. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they've taken the, they have taken the uh, opportunity to confirm th the three people who have been rumored for quite some time. Beyonce will play queen. Nala. She's a queen, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eschner will play Timon and Pumbaa. That's uh -huh. so good. Um, the last time we reported on it, it was still rumor. So good. <clears throat> or in talks or whatever. I don't remember. 
We know Donald Glover and James Earl Jones uh, were cast. Tiwetel Iwajiofor has been confirmed to be Scar. Yeah. Which is awesome. I'm down. Uh, and we got in the new, the people that we didn't know about. Hyenas. Uh, well, no, Alfred Woodard will play Simba's mother. Sarabi. Uh, some kids playing the kids. Uh, John Connie, who playing Rafiki. Yeah. Don't know who that is, unfortunately. Comedy man. Um, John Oliver, who plays Zazu. We knew That's that. So perfect. We knew that. That's so good. And the hyenas. Uh, we got Florence Kasumbi, yeah. Kasumba, sorry, Eric Andre. Yeah, Eric. And Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, that's oh. so, dude. This whole cast is freaking so fantastic. Yeah, it's great stuff. Oh, I'm man. looking forward to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the resident Lion King expert, Sparks, how do you feel about this? No, no, no puppet expert, please. Sorry, puppet slash lions, lion puppets. Hey, they use puppets in the stage musical. No, you're right. True facts. I auditioned for that um, when I was a kid. I'm really interested in why they needed to change. Well, I get changing Ed, but I'm not sure I understand why they felt the need to change Bonsai. Oh, these I'm talking. The, I'm talking even, the hyenas. Right these these hyena names aren't even the same as in the original movie. Shenzi's is. Okay, but Azizi and Kamari are is not. it because are totally different? Wasn't wasn't yeah. it Whoopi Goldberg and some uh, other people? Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Cheech, um, Cheech, Cheech and uh, um, Jim Cummings. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they wanted to. I don't know. No, because I get I get changing I get changing Ed. Yeah, I get it because Ed's probably not even going to be the same character. You're not going to have either Eric Andre or Keegan Michael Key do what Ed did. Yeah. It's going to be something different. But but Bonsai, I'm a little curious about. That's that's an interesting change. When they kept Shenzi, find out. Um, two years. Uh, so that's that's kind of. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure when we were talking about it a while back, I I said that I would like it if uh, Chiwetel was Scar. I so Paul, but probably Maybe. I think so. I'm, I'm happy about that. I remember. So you I'm s- happy about that. Yeah, Sparks. I remember you saying that you were hoping that they would at least go to Jeremy Irons and ask if he wanted to do it again, like they did with Angela Lansbury with Mrs. Potts, and she said yeah. no. Yeah, I I stand by that. I still wish Jeremy Irons had been asked because I feel like he has a very identifiable voice as Scar, but mm-hmm. but at the same time, someone else is playing him on the Lion Guard now and not doing a bad job. So I guess I'm wrong and I should shut up. Um, <laughs> So uh, I I still think I still think uh, uh, more more uh, not that I think that they'll do a bad job, but more upsetting to me is that they didn't ask Nathan Lane and uh, Ernie Sabella to yeah. come back and be Timon and Pumbaa, especially Ernie, who's played Pumbaa Pumbaa's voice for literally everything, including like Disney Park announcements. Like uh, the the fact that they weren't asked kind of stuns me. The show Timon um, and Pumbaa. Oh, yeah, I watched watch that. Um, so uh, the Queen Bee, Beyonce, she's yeah. playing Nala. Nala doesn't sing very much, so guess who's going to be singing a lot more? Beyonce? Nala. Oh, I mean, can, they'll probably make it a du- make a Can You Feel the Love Tonight a duet. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they write an original song f- seriously for Beyonce. Um, likely. I, I imagine that they're going to use a lot of uh, Lebo M's music that got left on the cutting room floor of both the movie and the musical. Are there any Nala And songs? I really... Yes, okay, there's cool. uh from the musical there's um she has a double whammy where she has this uh kind of duet moment at the end of Scar's own song which is called The Madness of King Scar which Ooh. god I hope they put that moment in the film. Um and that uh is the thing that drives her away from the Pride Lands is because uh in the musical Scar m- 
kind of loses his mind and says, "What? what's the one thing that can make me a better king than Mufasa? And he says, oh, if I have kids, that's the one thing. So he decides to court Nala, Ooh. and Nala is put off by it, and so she decides to run to find help. And uh, she has this beautiful half-English, uh, half-Swahili song uh, about leaving her family behind. That's awesome. There's oh. a lot of great music in the musical. Um, all right, well, that's cool. We're looking forward to that one. I'm That'd very fun. excited. Yeah. See it and like. No, I think it's going to be garbage. I just, yeah. I'm so angry. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Stupid lions. I'll Can't move. even wear crowns. All right, <laughs> 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 uh, moving on. Uh, so, so, Fast and the Furious news. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this news. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to bring this up. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> well, Tyrese Gibson is apparently very upset. Uh, and threat baby. And is threatening to pull out of the entire franchise. Should Dwayne Johnson be included in Fast Nine? What why? a baby! I want to know why. He what cla- did Dwayne Johnson do? It's because there's a spinoff claims, movie coming out next so year. So he claims that he is uh, he is upset that The Rock I either took the spinoff or is doing the spinoff. It's the same thing, right? It's he took the spinoff as doing the spinoff, and that's delaying Fast and Furious by being made for a year, which means Tyrese isn't going to be f- doing anything for a year because what else does he do? Right. <laughs> Sorry, Tyrese. So he, so Dwayne Johnson is doing a spinoff with Jason Statham of the Fast and the Furious films, going to be Hobbs and Shaw that, because oh, they yeah. retcon Shaw to be a good guy, um, and so and Tyrese is really upset, even going so far as to claiming that he was offered a, a, a Roman spinoff. No, he wasn't. But turned it down because no, it's about wasn't. the family. No, he wasn't. So he's like, he's betraying the family and he's not thinking about the fra- the franchise as a whole is his claim. Uh, so, yeah. Tyrese, if you were offered... I'm speaking to you directly, Tyrese, because I know you're listening. If you were offered a multi-million dollar spinoff, you would take it, you liar. Don't you lie to me. Don't you lie to me, Tyrese. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. he's a big baby. A- and I think this is really funny because The Rock's firing back going, yo, your music sucks, dog. And I'm just like, Rock, don't be a dick. But also, Tyrese is a dick. So. Wait, do you guys think... So, okay, there's been some problems going on with the Fast and the Furious franchise lately with Vin Diesel. Um, remember when Michelle Rodriguez was like, uh, women in the Fast and the Furious franchise are terrible and Vin Diesel is what may, like almost looked like a maid her make a Instagram video to be like oh Vin I wasn't talking about you I love you I think so all the stuff for the last movie I think a lot of that was like kind of fake stuff because like this is not the first time people have had beef oh you mean the candy ass yes sure yeah it's with uh, with Vin Diesel and Rock and whatever but like this is like this has been going on forever and it feels like Tyrese is actually mad and I'm like come on dude don't be, don't be beefing yeah you're gonna beef with the beefster the Rock is the beefster, <laughs> the beefster. I, I think I, I think that this is a purely Tyrese problem because yes. If if it were the family thing, you know that the others would be posting support for him, but they have been radio silent. Yes, they have. Uh, mm-hmm. For on Teresa, Tyrese's behalf, um, it's it's ridiculously petty and it's really dumb. No matter what way you slice it, for Tyrese to be pulling this stunt because there's no there's just no version where they look at it and they go. Yeah, we're not going to let The Rock have his movies so that we can make sure we keep Tyrese Gibson because obvious heart of the franchise here. Oh, obviously Roman is the leader and Yeah, yeah and and like not even not even Ludacris has been backing Tyrese on this. And to me that that's like Tyrese is off on his own on this one. Yes, I think so too. I don't want to be no offense again, no offense to Tyrese, but kind of everyone else is doing stuff. Yeah. I don't follow Tyrese that closely, but I don't see him appearing in every blockbuster Hollywood movie like Gal Gadot and The Rock. Well, remember that he did that that like crazy campaign trying to become Jon Stewart. 
What? Which oh. I was actually on board for. for oh, a while. John! I thought you meant John Stewart, the comedian. No, 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 no. no, no, like, no. That's a Green white Lantern, man. John Stewart. Okay, that makes sense. No, yeah. Green Lantern. Also, he remember when he was like on a um when he like kept posting videos like, "Hey, another dude tra- doing Transformers. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this." Because hey, oh, they man, heard he uh um Josh Duhamel was coming back, yes. and he was like, "Yo, I'm ready." And they they're like, "No." Oh, when Transformers doesn't call you back, that's yeah. what's up. I think I wonder if I wonder if the only reason why Tyrese is in this franchise is because he was grandfathered in Paul Walker. I think he Probably. was. He's in it. For, he's just been in it so long, like he's part of. The no, family. but I mean, think about it. He came back in Fast Five mm-hmm. because Paul Walker's character was like, "Hey, I know a guy." So I wonder if Paul Walker was friends with Tyrese and brought him into the franchise. I think. I think I give <laughs> to give Tyrese some credit. I did quote uh, air quotes. Uh, I think Roman Pierce is a fun character, and I think he does add to that franchise even a little bit. Um, so I won't go that far. But see, I, I, even as much as I like Fast Eight, uh, Fate, yeah. um, I felt like Tyrese. There's something missing with Tyrese's character without Paul Walker's character. I, I personally disagree. I thought he was still the same silly bullshitty. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make up stuff on the go. Well, I'm gonna hijack this. Welcome to the first Fast and the Furious debate episode. Skirt! <laughs> no. Um. I I wonder if some of this has to do with his child abuse custody case that's been going on. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. I, mm, I don't and I know. think that's I think that is part of. I I don't know that this actual like what he's doing right now has to do with that, but I do think that him doing this is because he's not getting work other places, and yes. I do think that possibly he's not getting work other places because of that case. That makes sense, and it's all tying together now. Yeah, it could be it. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. But either way, like you don't go after an A-lister. No. I was in shock. Twenty eighteen. When you're at best a high C-lister. You don't go after the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you gonna say something? No, I just think it's petty and stupid what he's doing. It's only gonna hurt him in the long run. So, why he's doing this, I honestly don't know. And and it's making everybody kind of look bad. Yeah, exactly. It is, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you want to keep the aspect of family, and, and yeah, I get that cast is a tight knit cast. But everyone else... I don't think it's as tight-knit as they want us to be. I don't think it is anymore. I don't think it is anymore. You're right. Yeah. Or, okay, it used to be a tight-knit cast, but um, everyone's doing other other stuff, and we don't know what exactly goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, Vin Diesel's doing Fast 9, and Dwayne Johnson's doing everything, Mm -hmm. and that's it. And uh, (laughs) and also, I've heard not so good things about working with Vin Diesel in the writer's room, but those are things I heard. I can't confirm But that's all here. Let's not... Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. But Tyrese Gibson saying, yo, I'm not going to be a part of Fast 9, a franchise I've been a part of for years just because uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is getting his own spinoff. No, that's bullshit. At the end of the day, the Fast franchise will live on without him. Exactly. (laughs) It it would suffer more without The Rock than it would with Roman. Right, but they've already lost so many characters. Yeah. Like oh, half of those characters. Oh, wait. well, half I mean, the characters I mean, in Fast Eight uh, were characters uh, that Giselle were and Han are the only two people I really cared about. Besides, like Brian. Them. Oh, whoa! <laughs> oh my God, that was we so start loud. crying. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, Brian, Giselle, Han. No, yeah. Um. Uh, is... I cared more about Brian near the end. That's true. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let's move on. Uh, some trailers dropped this week did they three of them really i probably specific. didn't watch i didn't watch any of them probably yeah she did because i sent you all of them oh cool i that doesn't mean I'll watch scooby-doo them. and batman brave and the bold mm. yeah i didn't watch that one as sparks put it dreams yeah! do come true <laughs> that's super dope yeah is it the same cast for brave and the bold well batman i mean batman the brave and the bold yeah it's like dj batter yeah awesome yeah uh so it's 
Batman joins forces with Scooby-Doo and his pals Shaggy, Fred, Daphne, and Velma after villains from both of their worlds unite to wreak havoc on the city. The crew will, ha- will also have to contend with Scooby-Doo troublemakers like Ghost Clown, Spooky Space Cook, and Minor 49er. That ghost clown. Minor Can we just 49er. talk about how great Spooky Space Cook is? <laughs> Spooky Space Minor Cook. Minor Yeah, I'm super stoked for this. Uh, I didn't get into Brave and the Bold until after it was canceled. It's a lot of fun. Um, this is not man. the first time that Scooby-Doo and Batman have met. Uh, they were, there was a comic book where it was uh, Scooby-Doo team-ups where Scooby-Doo met some of the Batman Didn't characters. Didn't they meet like, some like, 60s or 70s? Uh, and, and, the co- yes. and the original cartoon yeah. with Adam West yeah. and Burt Ward. Uh, the, the, Scooby-Doo, uh, the Scooby-Doo mystery hours where they would have celebrity guests and they had Batman. Yeah, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, they did that twice, uh, Batman. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool. So uh, the cast, the main cast will feature Diedrich Bader as Batman. Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred. He was at LA Comic-Con, yes, and I didn't. And I, he walked past me, and I freaked out because I was like, "Is that him? Is that him?" And he walked away, and I didn't get to say hi. He doesn't look at all. Like also, also one of the also one of the Scooby-Doo shows had a uh, had an episode. God, wh- I don't remember what Scooby-Doo show it was, but they had an episode where they brought in the special guests, and it was Batman and uh, Weird Al was also in the episode. That's awesome. Yes, there was. I think it might have been the second Batman. Uh, mystery hour uh, no 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 it was the uh it, it was the show that happened after uh no before scooby-doo mystery inc it was that one. Oh. hey you scooby-doo what's new scooby-doo what's new, what's that's, new? that's what i was talking oh, about interesting i don't remember that uh so we're gonna so frank welker as scooby-doo, scooby-doo and fred uh gray griffin as daphne uh and she will also double as black canary because she played the character <laughs> on uh, on Brave and the Bold. That's funny. Um, the Scooby-Doo is kind of those characters that we talked about before that's kind of cool that they have designated voice actors, mm-hmm. uh, like the Muppets or the Looney Tunes or, or, or the Mickey Mouse Gang. Uh, so uh-huh. it's cool that you know no matter what where these characters show up, it's always this voice cast. Uh, for example, Matthew Lillard, who plays Shaggy, was the was Shaggy from the movies. That's pretty cool. Uh, he, he plays... Shows. He's been playing the voice of Shaggy for a while now. Ever since the original retired, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's been doing it pretty much since um, since Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. I think. Yeah, and uh, I this one I didn't know. Kate McCucci is Velma. How long has that been going on? That like it's so um, perfect. She started doing that in Be Cool Scooby Doo. I think. Oh, so she's a recent. She can just edition. put on glasses yeah. and she looks like yeah. Velma. So yeah. it's, it, it's awesome. Um, well, the guest cast will include characters like, and some of these names I don't know, so forgive me. Uh, Jeff Bennett will play Joker. Jeffrey Coombs will play the Question, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, reprising mm-hmm. his role from Batman, but not from from Justice, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. Searching uh, through Batman's trash, I remember that. Yep. Uh, th- my favorite line: "Aha, thirty-two flavors." <laughs> I, I love that line. Um, what are you wearing? Orange socks. You're terrible at this. Um, John DiMaggio will play Aquaman, reprising his role from the best. Brave, he's the best. That's the best. Brave of the Bold. Mm-hmm. Um, Nika Fuderman will play Catwoman. Don't know him. Nicholas Guest as Martian Manhunter. John Michael Higgins, the Riddler. Ooh, I love Higgins. Tom Kenny as Penguin and Plastic Man. Nice. And uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Detective Chimp. He has a very deep voice. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Tara Strong will play Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Okay. And uh, Fred. Tedeschi, Wolverine, Harvey Bullock, yeah, Gruff, Gruff Man, yeah, I love it. So cool stuff. Uh, that movie will be out January 9th, two thousand eighteen. Cool. 
Looking forward to that. I'm not. We talked about it earlier. I'm not the biggest Scooby Doo fan, but mm. I'm a big Batman fan, so I'll uh, I'll check this out. I uh, same thing. Uh, Brian, you just haven't fan. watched the right Scooby Doo things. Oh no, absolutely. I know. I know it's good. It's just it's there's a million properties in the world. You know. I only just, watch Scooby Doo. Where are you? And and the latest ones. Listen, a pup named Scooby Doo is eternal in my heart. And and the '90s films. Oh, you know, yeah, Zombie Island and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I love those. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, Scooby Doo is like hit and miss for me. And some Scooby Doo is like, okay, this is awesome, and other Scooby Doo is like, okay, really, you're just scraping. It's what was the one I'll kill you what mm-hmm. was the one um, before the current one was that Mystery Inc what's you that was Mystery Inc Mystery I don't like that one because I think I used to watch What's New Scooby Doo a lot when I was a kid when I was because I was yeah. on a cartoon Scooby, and Scooby, I know Scooby. like when we still had Boomerang I would Scooby. be watching uh, um, Scooby Doo Where Are You because I was before oh god what was it before where doesn't was matter. he actually it was before something I don't know doesn't matter where was he oh he was around Oh, okay. Yeah. He found Carmen I also, Diego. Brian, I have seen episodes of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. It's cute. They were adorable. I did watch Pup Named Scooby-Doo. I watched a lot of... Uh, Mystery Inc. was the one I didn't like. And truthfully, it's the only one I don't like. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on. So the Spider-Man video game, I guess some... Paris video Paris game convention. Game. There's a lot of cool things that happen in Paris Games Week. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it, but like a lot of cool trailers got shown. So yeah. I didn't see any of them. Oh well, um, there was like twelve. <laughs> well, no, I, but I did. I did make sure that we touched on Spider-Man because a story trailer was released. Uh, Last of Us Two had a story trailer too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Spider-Man. Um, it doesn't really show a lot of. It shows a lot of new uh, footage, but it's there's nothing new to the story. It's still just oh, Kingpin and Mister Negative. Yeah, we do yeah. see Miles. Yeah, you um, play as many characters yeah i don't know if that's a spoiler but you see you play as peter and miles and there's also you control mary jane watson mary jane, yeah. so that's I, interesting I, I didn't even know the trailer was out and i'm the video game guy so crap i want to talk i didn't know if we were gonna talk about it. this is awesome so no, this hijack, this yeah. game is is made by uh uh, uh they made uh insomniac. Infa- uh, yeah. insomniac yeah they made uh uh not insomniac no no sucker punch sucker punch they made infamous and they made infamous 2 and infamous second son and they're all three original superhero open world games and they're the best original superhero games the, like, the newest one for PS4 Second Son is not as good. It was a PS4 launch title. It's one of the prettiest games, though. They know how to do open-world gameplay very, 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 Wait, very you're talking well. about the Spider-Man game. That's yes. Insomniac. It's, oh, you're right. I'm thinking about oh, the different game. Insomniac also makes open-world games like Sunset Overdrive. Dang it. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's who made And also Ratchet and Clank. Yes. It's I know really that's the Ratchet and Clank guys. And it's, Last of Us. No, that's, no, that's Naughty, Naughty Dog. dog. Naughty no. dog yeah. I yeah. get Naughty Dog and Insomniac mixed up because of Jack and Dexter anyway, and Ratchet and they Clank. Have, mm-hmm. They have open-world pedigree, and this game looks dope. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, was there anything you wanted to touch on from p- the Paris whatever um, games? Because l- I, I honestly, The Last of Us Two was announced. They showed God of War some more. Um, there's some cool indie games. There's a game called Concrete Genie where you're a graffiti artist that brings your graffiti to life. Oh, that's cool. It looks really super cool. Um, that's that's about it. Uh, the only other thing that happened this week was a uh, weekend was BlizzCon. I guess the, a, yeah, they announced a, new, a lot of a new expansion for World of Warcraft was announced. I they believe. also announced they're going to bring back original classic servers without yeah. any of the expansions. That's actually a really big deal for a lot of people because they wanted OG game. Yeah. Uh, and to wrap up, uh, some of the trailers we got a trailer for the new show by J- with J.K. Simmons, Counterpart. Yes, tell this me about it. Looks awesome. I didn't watch it. I, I haven't sorry. seen it. Oh, come on, guys. I know it was hard. No, I know. Uh, look, so what's, this, what's it on Hulu? It's going to be on Stars. Oh, oh, stars! Cool. Yeah. Stars so this, cool. So this show is about J.K. Simmons, who plays a uh, businessman who's been doing the same job for thirty years, but he doesn't know what he's doing until one day he's uh, his code isn't working, and they're like, uh, and they're like, okay, don't freak out, and they pull open the the hood of another guy. It's him. Oh, and it's parallel universes. It's parallel worlds where someone someone from this from the other side is trying to attack is trying to kill people on this side. And so Mild Manor J.K. Simmons has to team up with badass spy J.K. Simmons oh. and fight uh, and fight this assassin. This sounds good. 
This sounds okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. This sounds all right. It looks it looks really cool. I'm going to I I'm sorry I didn't watch this trailer. I'm going to watch it as soon as uh, as I get home cuz that sounds super cool. So this it's uh, out in 2018. Don't have a re- exact release date, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Parallel Worlds, that's all you got to say. It kind of it kind of reminded me of like Fringe when they went hardcore into the parallel universe. Yo, stuff. man, like this season, yeah, like three and it's four, a lot like that. Like when they just straight up, like, yeah, this is alternate worlds, and here's the other characters, and I'm like, this is the show I've always wanted. Yeah, that show is so good. So this is like that from the outset. So I'm looking forward. So I'm looking forward to this one a lot. That sounds cool. Anything else we wanted to bring up? I guess is 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 this, is this the Anna bread and butter? The, yes, the yes. There's one thing that got announced for me, Ranoliopolis. Uh, I recently for you specifically just for me. I recently restarted playing Bloodborne which is a, a From Software game. They're the makers of Dark Souls, which are mm-hmm. commonly known as some really, really hard games. I know. Uh, so Dark Souls had a comic come out last year. That's one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever in my life. And Dark Souls is a very, very uh, sc- like scary, very intense. It uh, doesn't give you a lot of story. There's a lot of, you have to, you have to uh, take out of it what you will, right? Um, and that comic was literally, oh, we got to get the dagger of Azergoth to go fight Jingerborn. And I'm just like, wow, this is way too much dialogue. This is awful. This Bloodborne comic, uh, it's being written by Alice Cott, who was one of our uh, recent book clubs, Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also doing a new James Bond book. But this comic looks super awesome. The artist is Pieter Kowalski, who has done uh, some other uh, uh, books in this nature, like Wolfenstein Ooh. for Titan Comics. I'm so excited for this, because Alice Cott knows how to write super in-depth, scary, like in-your-brain stuff. And this is a very Lovecraftian, Gothic, Victorian kind of a style. And I'm so excited. We're going to see crazy werewolves and vampires and Cthulhu monsters, and it's going to be introspective, and I'm really excited. It comes out February. What happened to that Cthulhu game that was coming out? It's still coming out. Yeah. It's just yeah. getting worked on. Anything else? No, the only no. thing I could think of is the new Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon games that are coming out in November. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know they're coming out, but you get to fight Giovanni again. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't it's, f- it's Team Rainbow Rocket and all like the main bad guys from all the previous Pokemon games. That you have to fight them all over, and Giovanni has Mewtwo again, and you can find all the original legendaries. I'm actually excited for in that. the wild. I didn't finish. I bought Sun, and I didn't finish it. Dude, I bought Sun. I haven't left the first freaking island yet, and I've had that for months. I got. I've had that since for Christmas. Hey, just real quick, Pokemon talk. Sparks, did you play the new Pokemon at all? Are you a Pokemon guy? I am, but I haven't played it. Okay. That starting area is like three hours of tutorials, and it's really it's a lot to get through. I and I kind of want to stop playing. And it, it freaking sucks because my now my backlog of games is just so bad, and I want to play Sun because I still love Pokemon. Yeah, then play Super Sun. <laughs> play sexy. Super I don't. Sun. I don't want to spend another forty bucks on a 3DS title because yeah, I'm trying to save up for a new 3DS so I could play Metroid because I don't mm. have that yet. Oh, and then of course Final <sighs> Fantasy IX is for download on my PlayStation Four, and I want to play that. Oh, yeah. I already have Marvel's Capcom. I'm gonna get Battlefront Two, and I'm gonna. And Mario Mario Odyssey, that's yeah. a seventy hour game. No, dude, it's way and more. Breath of the Wild was to took what took me one hundred twenty hours. This is the bad season. This is, November is like when every when like three games come out a week. The floodgates open in all the best games, and also still I haven't beaten a single game on my Super Nintendo yet. Well, that's, that's your fault. That's too bad. <laughs> all right, let's move on <laughs> to what our main topic of the evening. What Thor Ragnarok? Oh, the I saw Bad Mom oh, Christmas. Shoot, I better go watch it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, uh, the last too. Marvel movie of the year. Um, uh, the last good comic book movie. <laughs> oh, Aww. rip! Sorry. Um, so full spoilers for this film. We're gonna go hardcore into spoiler territory. So if you've not, if you have not seen it, pause this, come back to it, um, or skip to the book club. Uh, it's up to you guys. Thor loses an eye. Yeah, that's true. I mean, sh- that, I mean, it's not really that much of a. <laughs> you didn't give them any time. I mean, really, is that like? Is that, are you hinging your? He loses an eye. I'm out. I mean. I mean, they've been pretty good at not showing that the trailer for Infinity War. And they yeah. show that exact scene where he rises up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not to mention the Infinity War trailer totally left it. 
We see him Gone. in the Infinity War trailer. Yeah. And is and he has yeah, two it's, eyes it's, in that, right? It's not it's not present at all. CGI baby. in that CGI, trailer. CGI baby. So yeah, uh, so let's get some initial thoughts. What do we all think? <sighs> you go first. I really really like this movie. Yeah. It was it was it was uh it was really good. Mm-hmm. I really had fun with this. Sparks? Yeah, I thought it was dope. I really really liked it. Right, right. I thought it was I really really liked everything. I thought it was fun. I had a good time. Uh this might be in my top five Marvel movies. I had a lot of fun in this one. Yeah, this one, uh, this is this is the Thor film I wanted the Dark World to be. Mm-hmm. The kind of bombastic nature of it. Um, it's it's not as funny <clears throat> as I thought it was going to be. Um, it was being toted as full fledged comedy, which yeah. it's it is definitely more of a comedy than the other movies. But there's definitely like real stuff going on. There's there, some good emotion in this one. Yeah, I I would agree with you, Brandon. There, it wasn't as funny as I thought because remember when people were saying that it was going to be like, oh, it's so funny. People were saying this is the funniest Marvel movie. And yeah. I, I will agree, but I don't think it's a comedy. Yeah. I wouldn't put this in a comedy. I still put it under action adventure. Yeah, it's it's an action adventure, much in the same way as like Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, or yeah, you know, things like that. Uh, so yeah, th- so this film, so we open this film and we just go at a breakneck pace throughout the rest of the movie. It definitely did not start where I thought it was going to start, especially with everything at Surtur. I thought all that Surtur stuff was going to be at the end. Yeah, and I was like, oh no. Okay. So we open with Surtur. Hey, best introduction to a character. Oh yeah, yeah. Surtur, you son of. Uh, well, well, no, he's like so, 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 Thor, son of Odin, and so he so he like drops down. He's like Thor, son of Odin, and Sir- says, and Thor just goes Surtur, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I thought that was really really well done, and I think uh, this might be the best turn for Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Uh-huh. So we open on on Surtur's realm. Forgive me, I'm not even going to attempt to Muspelheim. Nope, Muspelheim. No, uh, that's the elf one. No, it's, it's like one. it's I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I know Muspelheim, Vanaheim, and Midgard. Jotunheim. Jotunheim. That's the, that's and the trolls. Midgard, Nasgard, yeah. and all those. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we open up on, on Surtur's realm, and then we get into this massive, amazing action sequence between Thor, Surtur, and all the fire demons around, mm-hmm. leading into a dragon chase sequence, which was a lot of fun. Uh, all set the immigrant song. Yeah, and oh, then we yeah. go into, and we go back to Asgard through some... Uh, through the Bifrost, and we f- and and uh, Asgard is not doing its job. Essentially, is like Odin is not doing the All Father things that he's supposed they're, to be they're doing. doing. They're doing what Odin wants to do, though. Yes, yeah. and so we so Thor gets to Odin, and he sees that Odin is watching a play of the of Thor: The Dark World, the drinking wine, scene. eating grapes, just like mm-hmm. not being a king. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, touching on Odin. I think this might be this is a really great turn for Anthony Hopkins as Odin. Mm-hmm. I've criticized Thor: The Dark World for him phoning it in. I still think the Thor one he's better in that. I think he's really good in Thor, uh, but I think he's also really good in this. He's in it a lot less than this. He's in it oh, for yeah. like one scene. Yeah, but when he when we see him as Loki, and so we so, so oh that's fun yeah yeah and so uh, Thor's like hello father oh shit <laughs> yeah. he, he's like to himself oh shit and then he goes and he announces to the whole crowd my son Thor has returned and home. you see him like like touch, so you're going to go to Midgard now I forgot <laughs> what happened in Thor the Dark World so I forgot all the stuff I've forgotten. Yeah, so I forgot Loki was on the throne and, and Odin was gone. So when Odin appears, and he, I'm just like, Odin's just ch- chilling. Like, this seems going to be okay. And then I, when he says, oh, shit, I'm like, Odin would never say, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, now I remember what's it's going Loki. on. It's Loki. And good. so he's watching the sequence where Loki dies, uh, played by Matt Damon, oh, Jesus. Luke Hemsworth, and Sam Neill. That's so good. And it's pretty great. It took me like 45 seconds to realize it was Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Neill is... is uh, he has full-on beard. Yeah. Um, he's a little hard to recognize when he has got facial hair. Yeah. Uh, I, he, I didn't recognize him the first time I saw it. He is a good friend of Taika Waititi, so it makes sense. 
movie together. Uh, uh, Hunt for the Willow People. It's supposed to be really good. It is good. I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we find out El- Odin's Odin's on Earth. Odin's on Midgard. So they so Loki and Thor go to Midgard to find him. The retirement home that Loki was there, that dropped him at, not there. Shady Acres, uh, it's also the same retirement home from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Taika Waititi's a hilarious weird man. Yes, <laughs> he's so weird. Uh, and that's where we get into the Doctor Strange uh, sequence. Uh, Doctor Strange does cameo. a cameo here. Um, I'll be honest. When the movie goes forward, I forget he was in the movie. Well, he's honestly a brief cameo. Right, I, but I... I He's not the main focus of the movie. You're right. You're not right. Supposed you to do forget him. that Doctor Strange is in there, but the parts where Doctor Strange is in it, it's a more of a oh yeah, I forgot Doctor Strange. It's is like it. two, it's it's two it makes you it makes you like perk up a little bit and goes oh hey this is cool, but it doesn't take away from the rest of the movie, which I think is good. It's a it Marvel was, comic where a character's in it for five seconds and he's gone. No, yeah. but my 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 the reason why I said that is because if you're if you're if it's forgettable, because that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it was it was forgettable. Oh sure. Uh, and I I why put it in if it was just gonna be forgettable. We also kind of saw like a minute of it already, and because uh, we saw it's it's in the Doctor Strange. It's in the yeah, Doctor Strange. In the, in the end credit scene, it's literally a minute of that scene. So I'm like, they're just reshowing this part. They did the same thing for Ant Man. Uh, yeah. The Ant Man post credit sequence was the was just a scene from Civil That's War. True. Hey mm-hmm. Sparks, tell me, did you uh, did you like Doctor Strangeizzle, Manizzle? I did. I didn't find it forgettable. I, I, I was fine. Thought I thought it was fine. I didn't think he needed to be in it any more than he was. Yeah. No, I'm not saying he should have been in it longer. No, yeah, like, I, I, I don't. Th- I don't think I he's forgettable. Like I, th- I th- the teleporting thing that I thought that was funny. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. I did like how it ended, where 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 it's just like, don't forget your umbrella, yeah, because yeah, the hammer's disguised as an umbrella, yeah. and he just holds up his hand and you just hear, all the, sorry, all the things sorry. are crashing, and then of course he's like, hey, I'm gonna need my brother. Oh yeah, he opens the portal and Loki falls down. And goes, I've been falling <laughs> for thirty minutes, and he's about to attack him, and Doctor Strange is like, okay, bye bye. Throws yeah, a portal pretty, in their pretty. face, and now. We get to the meat of Odin sequences when they're in Norway and they're looking over at a beach and we get a really great scene with Odin talking to his sons and it's really sweet and he finally tells both of his sons that he loves them. He even says says to Loki, "Is like it took me a while to get over your spell. Frigga would have been proud." Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of great moments in that. That and this going back to this is the Thor film I wanted the Dark World to be because a lot of the emotional beats in this film uh, are f- beats that the Dark World thought they were hitting. But it doesn't. It yeah. all falls flat. And here, they just let them live. They just let them be there. Taika Waititi has made probably one of the more well-balanced Marvel films because the humor doesn't come at inappropriate times. It lets the emotional beats be emotional beats and lets them sit there. And when Odin passes away, they just... Are, just like just like Dragonheart. The or, Dragon. just like, or just like yeah. Frigga. I guess Asgardians yeah. just kind of like turn yeah. into dust and they die. Turn like, they turn like to gold dust and like float away. Yeah. Also, uh, music. Let's touch on some music really good because I I love the music in this in this uh, very synthy synthesizers this, are coming this, back. Yeah, uh, Blade Runner uses a lot of synthesizers. Yeah, Blade Runner, Stranger Things. I wasn't talking four. about that. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking specifically when when we when in that play sequence we hear Frigga's death theme from Brian Tyler's death theme from the funeral of Thor: The Dark World. Oh uh, yeah. And at the end of the film, we hear Patrick Doyle's Thor theme, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and using those two themes honoring the past Thor films and also honoring past Avengers films is really, you know, it makes you feel good because it doesn't, it doesn't take away from anything. It's just like, I've, I acknowledge where it's been on being respectful of that. I'm not making yep. fun of any of that. You yeah. even, either, technically it doesn't even make fun of Thor, the dark world, even though you absolutely should. Yeah. No, I think it does. I think yeah. in a little way it does. 
Yeah. yeah, I think I think Loki watching himself and then repeating his own words of him dying. Oh I did, yeah, okay. yeah, I yeah. Do it for him, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's kind of poking some fun at that moment. That was supposed to be really dramatic right. in Dark World. Yeah, you're right. But it's completely undermined by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I so we we get a lot of cool references also in this film. Uh, he, we get a re- reference to Throg. There's, uh, there's a because he he turned throg frog thor thir- thir- oh there's a lot right. of there's too many comic references that i'm gonna have to get into there's yeah. a lot there's a whole lot going on in here um one of my favorites one of my favorite stories uh what happens a little later in the film is just when when it's just like loki wants to turn himself into a snake and he knows how much i love snakes so i picked it up to admire it and he turns it and he turns back into loki and he's like it's me it's time for me <laughs> oh, <laughs> has so he hits the, the microphone, microphone. <laughs> uh yeah, man. Uh, I thought uh, Thor and Loki were, were really good together in this. I did too. Yeah, I thought uh, their chemistry was really great. Because this. the thing with with Loki is, is like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he has like a heart of gold. But does he really? We don't really know. He's being a good guy and immediately betrays Thor, and he's like, yeah, it's what I do though. <laughs> and, and Thor is even like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, and I, you betray me, and I forgive you, and it's like a whole circle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, that's a that's a it's a cute relationship. Yeah. Like no, none of them learn. <laughs> even there, there's a bit where they have a moment where it's like, who do you think so little of me? I thought the world of you. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah. yeah, that was a really great moment. Um, and then he's like, "Hey, let's do get help." Yeah. No, I'm not going to do get help. That's um, that's really good. I like uh, Taika Waititi's cam- uh, not cameo. Korg, Korg. He yeah. was great. The Korg and Meeks. That's hey, those are two of the Warbound who come to Earth w- with Hulk in World War Hulk and beat the shit out of everyone. So it's really funny to see them be like comic relief when they're supposed to be like these intergalactic bounty, like not bounty hunters, intergalactic super warriors. Mm-hmm. It's just really funny. Well, I mean that goes to Planet Hulk being slightly different. It's very in different. the comics. Very different. Um, yeah. 100%. What, let's, uh, so we end up on so Odin's death brings back Hela, and. Uh, uh, Hela sends uh, banishes uh, Loki and Thor, and they end up on Sakaar, and that's where we get I into the meat of the movie. Banished. She she knocked him out of the Bifrost. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, you know, he she knocks him out of the Bifrost. By the way, we get a cool ref- we get a cool se- sequence that shows us Yggdrasil uh-huh. in that bit, and that mm-hmm. was cool. The, 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 so the we end up on we end up on Sakaar, and that's where the meat of the movie comes in, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, where we enter in the second act. Um, First uh, of all, let's talk about Hela's introduction. Is Hela? I think Hela is dope. Yeah. I okay. I'm gonna be honest. At first, I thought she was very generic. But then, when we got into the backstory of Yo, I used to hang out with Odin, and we took over roles together. And then his ambition wasn't as strong as mine, so he cast me out. So That's Odin stuff is, that I like a lot. Odin is not a good person. Well, so Hela has been cha- in the movie. Hela is Odin's. Daughter. daughter. That's new. Firstborn. That's Firstborn. That, and that's totally cool. I'm cool with that change. Yeah, I think it's a cool change. Angela Od- was. That's that's a retcon recent. Yes, but I mean, so he, so Hel- this Hela is kind of an amalgamation of of Hela, Angela, and Gore. I will say no to Gore. Well, the the weapons. But those are just those are just swords, though. Yeah, but Taika Waititi has said that he took the the weapons from Gore. He doesn't read comics, so I'll, <laughs> so he looked at some pictures. Sure, that's, that is not what Gore is. Uh-huh. I can understand, I can understand that, but that is fundamentally that's not. I, I disagree. One of the things I really liked about um, Kate Blanchett was when um, her and uh, Surge, Scourge, 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 Scourge. Scourge. when uh, when they walk in and then she looks up and she sees and she's like, "Does no one remember me?" And she looks up and she sees the uh, the um, mural, or, yeah, the uh, mural, yeah. and she just throws the swords up and knocks down to reveal the true history of Asgard before she was banished. Yeah. And how Odin was just this warmongering SOB, and Hela was like her right hand man essentially. I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is this is great. Instead of her just being a a bitchy 
daughter just who being, got oh, knocked, I'm, locked I'm, away I'm in a angry. room. And she's like, oh, Odin granted me because I killed maybe half a million so people. So where do we think Hela falls in the villains of the MCU? I want to hear Sparks talk about it. Me too. Uh, it's, what do you mean, like ranking? No, I mean, like, what do we uh, what do we think of her? Does she does she stand in line with the best, or does she stand in line with the worst, or is she somewhere in the middle? In the middle. Uh, yeah, in the middle. I mean, honestly, like, she doesn't get enough time to do enough uh, to leave an impression. The only reason why I think she's a great villain is because Kate Blanchett is a great actress. Yes. It has nothing to do with her, how she's written or what she does in the film. Although I, like, she, she, unlike other MCU villains, I do think that she at least does something that affects great change in the characters. Yes. So that's, that's cool. Cause like she, she causes the deaths of several people and literally is the thing that ruins Asgard. So, so you that's think important, she's more, but, she's more Red Skull and less Loki. Wait, I like both those people. Uh, well, Red Skull, they bring, Hugo Weaving brings more to that character than the script does. Oh, okay, saying. I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I I think I think that the I think that she wasn't given enough to do in this movie. I'll put it that way. Sure, Ryan, what do you think? I think she, uh, I think she's, I think she's good. I think she's always fun to be on screen because, like, like Spark said, like she is a she's a force of an actress mm-hmm. or an or excuse me, an actor. Um, but yeah, like. She's kind of just like, I'm here to kill everyone, and I'm mad that I was locked up. That's mm-hmm. about it. And I'm like, if she didn't look so cool, maybe I wouldn't care as much. She does look really cool. She looks, Dude, that is like the coolest outfit. And every time she pulls her hair back to put her helmet on, that's Aww. so magical. And then he got Scourge. He's just an Australian dimwit. I'll be honest, I don't like Scourge. I like Scourge because you can tell, like, man, I just want to be super cool. And I, unfortunately, partnered with the wrong person. See, I think, I think Scourge has the has the classic Marvel Cinematic Universe problem mm-hmm. of this is definitely a character that a good actor this is the Malekith problem, problem oh, sure, yeah. where it's like I'm I'm a good actor doing this performance but they're not really giving me anything to do yeah he's a sorry but he's a lesser version of Hela like he's, he has even less to do yeah yeah, yeah. Ben. Uh, he's he's there he's there to be a soundboard for her so we get to hear her but he has a lot of because nice she's not talking to anyone else yeah um, and so that's where we get our interactions with her, which is part of the problem of why I don't think she gets to leave an impression is because all of, a lot of her interactions come from her interactions with Scourge. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't mean as much. And uh, the other thing is that they just kind of couldn't really decide which angle they wanted to play up with Scourge. And I think if they had, it would have left a larger impression. I like that he was he turned good. No, I, no, I that's not what I'm saying. Oh. I'm saying. I'm saying that they didn't play... They didn't make the choice strong enough in one direction or another. Like, if he was just going to be a bad person, then they need to go for it. And if he was going to be a good guy in the end, then they needed to play more of that into the film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hela has, the, as I think she's okay as a Marvel villain. I mean, she still is one of those Marvel villains where the only solution to stop her is to punch her really, 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 really hard. Technically, that doesn't even work. Technically, yeah, even that doesn't work. I did the biggest lightning bolt ever. And it doesn't work. Yeah. But at the same time, she's one, of, she's one of those characters where I think her motivation actually is kind of believable because she's like, hey, let's keep conquesting. Let's keep killing. Let's keep fighting. And then Odin actually... Odin changed, Hela didn't. Yes. Where Odin sounds like, you know what? No, this is enough. I'm done. Hela's like, no, F that noise. Let's keep going. So her motivations, I mean, yeah, her motivations are like the most cliche of motivations ever, but it's still believable. And 
Good Lord, Kate Blanchett just looks so damn hot as yeah. Ella. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. have two things I want to touch on when she's on Asgard. One, I don't like, I get it. I get it. I want to be clear. I get it. But I don't like how Volstagg and Fandral go out. No, I oh, I, I really don't like that they give them no screen time and kill them off immediately. Because like, even though they're not the main characters, those are three I wanted important them, Thor characters. I wanted them off. to go out the same way that Hogan did. Yeah. Which is fighting. Yeah. Which is actually putting up a fight and fighting alongside their brothers. And if they had gone out like that, I would have felt better. Because he has I a get, cool Pacific Rim Mason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I get why they had to go out because she needs to kill someone that we care about. Mm-hmm. They don't even like talk. No, Volstagg Zachary and Fandral shows no, up and he, he has just, no lines. He says, uh, ah, uh, and dies. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, the, yeah. the bearded guy, was that Hogan? That's Volstagg. 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 Yeah, Volstagg. He's just there just looking at Batman. I was like, oh, there's my boy. Because I remember, I was like, oh, I love these guys. And he's dead. What yeah. the shit? Fandral, Zachary Levi, Volstagg is the bigger guy with the beard. Ray Stevenson, he was also the Punisher. Yeah. Where is Lady Sith? Oh, we're gonna, not going to touch on that right now. She's okay. scheduling conflicts. <laughs> it was literally a scheduling conflict. Oh, no. That's how it always is, man. Never yeah. mind then. She's somewhere else. That's all we need to... She's Lady Sif is off. The new world. season of Agents okay. of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is not <laughs> She is not dead, which means she could potentially come back. Thank God, because yeah. I like Lady Sif a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sparks, what were you going to say? You had, had a deep sigh. No, I just agree with you that they killed them without giving them enough to do um, because they're, you know, the Warriors 3 and... I, I do think they needed to die. I just wish they died better. It yes. reminded me yeah. of the scene that I dislike in episode three where all the Jedis go to from Palpatine and they go out like, these are the greatest Jedi masters of them all and they're all getting cut and they like just, nothing. And they just go down like Like not big. even a fight. Like I get Hela's like the greatest thing on the planet but like, give them a line. Yeah. Give them yeah. a line. Come give on. them, fi- go out fighting like Hogan. Zachary Levi is like, they probably paid him a lot of money to do nothing. I'm like yeah. give him a line. And well, now we know why it's Shazam. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. He's, yeah. Well, the first time I saw this, I turned to my friend, um, uh, shout out Todd. I turned to my friend and I just go, that's why he has Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so Lady Sif wasn't in the movie because of scheduling complex. Okay. We got someone spot. who arguably might be better, though. Valkyrie. Valkyrie's the dopest dope. The oh. other thing I wanted to touch on in this sequence is that we go into Odin's treasure room for the first time since Thor. Oh, God. And juicy, it, juicy, juicy. It, yep. it, com- it fixes a 10-year-old continuity error that the MCU has yes, had. Yes, it does. Which is... Everything in there is fake. <laughs> <laughs> which is the Infinity Gauntlet, the one that's in Odin's treasure room, is a fake. Yep. yep. She literally goes up to it, fake, pushes it over. Oh. There's the, 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 the frozen thing from Thor 1. The cube that... um. The, the the frost cube or whatever oh, it is. But, I used to know what it's called. I, I forgot. forgot. Now. The living but, tribunal. I don't know. But then she walks. No, she walks by the the crown that's, of Surtur and she's like, "It's smaller." She goes, "Okay, that's nice." And the then tesseract. She, the the tesseract, tesseract, and then she gets the. Um, the Man, eternal it's flame. so crazy that the tesseract was destroyed at the end of this movie. Did the tesseract get stolen by Loki? Yes oh, or no? Oh yeah. You think so? Oh, oh Loki yeah. has a tesseract because you, you. Is need... he going to Thanos with it? Thanos is coming to him. That's, that's his ship. <laughs> Oh, you're Thank right. You I forgot. Sparks. No, I'm sorry. I forgot about the end credit scene. Right, no, you're so, right. So, Thank yeah. you, Sparks. I'm sorry. My bad. Jumping I for- ahead. I, I completely forgot. You're right. <laughs> Jumping the, ahead. The it end doesn't credit matter. Sequence. We don't need to jump around. Let's just talk about the things we want to talk about. Stop going through the movie in order. Okay, fine. Oh, There's one right. thing I want to talk about. Is Hella dead? I say no. She's not coming back. Uh, okay. No, so she's not So back. Sparks and I had talked about this. And I, forgive me, Sparks. I don't actually remember what I said. Um, I don't know why I said forgive me because it's my thing. But you asked, the, you asked this question as well. Um, is Hella going to be the personification of Thanos' love of death. That would be too good to be true, but I don't think so. I've never liked that theory, honestly. Uh, I mean, like, well, you and I talked about this. Here's my whole thing. I I really like Blanchett as Hela. 
I would prefer her not to be dead. Oh, of Personally. course. I, I would also... prefer her. So, so, so let me be clear. I would prefer her not to be dead. It makes sense to me. If you're going to do the story of Thanos courting death at all, you're going to have her be the representation of it. Because to try to do the one that's actually in the comics is too bananas for the movie going audience to understand. I, it's not going to work. It's not, no, it's not going to play, Ryan. I know. It's I not agree. Play I agree. Here's, 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 where, here's where I agree with him. Um, because the personification of death in the, in the Marvel comics is from the same, from the same ilk as Eternity yeah. and the Celestials. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. And they had to turn ego into a celestial because what they because what ego actually is was too bananas for com- for mainstream audiences. What, everything you guys, our guys are saying is one hundred percent right. But th- this is we're not talking about Avengers one or Iron Man two. We're talking about Infinity War, which is a ten year build up. This is this is you've talked about like they've talked about what the tra- you see in the trailer. You see Thanos throwing a moon at somebody, right? They're, he's he's this is bigger than anything we're going to see. This or is gonna, a planet unclear. A planet moon. They're both giant. What I mean is, I I understand a lady like a skeleton, what if it's ego? A skeleton in a cloak is like super stupid, but I. Once I've seen this movie, that's not crazy to me. That's not crazy. Well, to me. but we're we're of different. We're of we're oh, different stock. No, I agree. We want to see this. No, stuff. I agree. I would love to see something like the Ultimates and the in the big screen. I don't think th- I don't think Thor Ragnarok would ever happen though. That's true. I'm just saying, man. I like we live in a different time happen. now. We do, but I just you know keeping my expectations low. I don't think it, we're gonna get this, something like that. Yeah. My 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 point being, I. I think if they were going to tell that story, which I'm, I'm not entirely convinced they're even going to go that route of actually having Thanos courting death. I don't think they're going to do it. But if they do it, it's probably going to be Hela. And I, honestly, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it makes sense. She's the goddess of death. Why not just make her death incarnate? Yeah, it's just we already have this great. We already got her. I'll we don't you, have to. I'll tell you why. Because she's an Asgardian. It's not the same thing as actually being death. Yes, because, that is, because the magnitude of, of that character is so much bigger. Because it's like it's like saying that Loki, if, if Loki is the only person that does mischief in the world. I would be fine with them coming up with some BS thing that happened to her and she becomes the personification of death see, that, after what happened to her. Yeah. Here's my thing. My thing that's, is, that's my whole thing. That's no, how right. I feel like they would do it. No, my, my, my thing is Hela is very strong, but Thanos with the gauntlet is way beyond what Hela is now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the personification of death, he needs to be higher than anyone's ever been in the world to, to make this personification of something like him. Because death She is, is a real person. She's not an idea which he wants because death is more powerful than eternity exactly so he that's why i'm so excited for infinity war because like he's literally going to destroy half of the universe mm-hmm. trillions of people are going to die in this movie that we're not going to see and it's going to you're going to feel that impact because that's what he does and that's mm-hmm. how you need to have that big a scope and i think hella is going closer to that but i i don't i think it's still too small sure for what infinity <clears throat> war is going to be yeah uh, let's let's not uh, dive too much into Korg's this. my favorite character still but, I, but I love Taika Waititi, so it's hard. <laughs> uh, so I really love the stuff on Sakaar. Yeah. Um, I love Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Oh, yeah, Gosh. of course. Um, we were watching we, the theater that we were in today. Hawkins had an interview with Jeff Goldblum, oh, which yeah. was just delightful. He's such a delight <laughs> to watch on screen. He's really nice. Uh, he even talked about the Grandmaster and yeah. the, the collector being brothers. Oh, we're brothers, and we, li- we live life eternal. Because he, he was just goes, my brother from another movie, and we... Uh, we 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 were like eternal vampires who just can't <laughs> yeah. die, and you're just like, man, you're the best. Cork also said vampires in this movie, so that that so it's 
it's Marvel canon now that vampires exist in this alien universe. <gasps> then we could get because Morbius. I don't. And maybe it's just because Taika directed a vampire movie, but it also confirms vampires in the Marvel universe. <laughs> then we could get Morbius, living vampire, and Spider Man. Hell yeah, dude. That's um, fudge. Yes. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh, the, all the stuff with Sakaar is a lot of fun. We meet Valkyrie there, Tessa Thompson, uh, who's great. Yes. Uh, we meet uh, John Consolo. We yeah. We see more of uh. We see Hulk, and I gotta tell you. Best this, Hulk. this stuff that they did with the Hulk is the stuff I've wanted them to do ever since the first Hulk solo film, not the, the only one. Uh, no, <laughs> the fact that, that that what he says about Hulk, where he's like, sometimes it's sometimes it used to be we had both hands on the wheel, but this time he was driving and I had uh, I was in the trunk. Yeah, the stuff that he's like talking about Hulk as a different person, as a mm-hmm. different being that lives inside Banner, not as a as the angry Banner, like that stuff. I never thought they'd do mm-hmm. and. I always thought they should do it in a Hulk film, but we talked about, well, we didn't talk about it, but there was an interview where they were talking about how this will be the Hulk's three movie arc. Yes. Is the idea that Hulk and Banner notice at the end of the film, it wasn't Banner standing there with them. It was, it Hulk. was Hulk. And in, in that movie, uh, so Bruce Banner was the Hulk for probably like he said, like two, two years. years. Yeah. Right. And, and when he came back, he was really freaked out. He's like, well, that's two, two years of my life gone. If this happens again, I might never come back. I'm stranded on an alien planet where I can die at any time. This isn't helping my stress. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I believe all this. And I'm like, Mark Ruffalo is so charming and so fun. And like, I believe like his mind can go at any minute and we'll never see him again. And that's sad. It's really funny, but the undertone of that isn't always sad. So when he's Hulk at the end, you're like, oh, shit, Banners might be gone forever. He might not. Yeah. We, not we don't need Ruffalo anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of Infinity War. Yeah. Also, it was funny to have uh, Thor keep saying, sun's going down, it's real low. Oh, yeah, sun the, is real the callbacks low. to Age of Sun is almost down, it's, that, it's going down. Would but you stop saying that? But it's really sweet. That because, Black Widow moment was so sweet, dude. Because it that's was. the stuff, because Black Widow, that's the lullaby that Black Widow would, mm-hmm. would say to him uh, to turn him back into Banner. And so Thor is thinking, like, how do I get Banner, how do I get Banner out of Hulk? I need mm-hmm. to do something. Oh, yeah, this worked. It was really, that when Hulk was, like, de-hulking, and he kept going, no, no, and hulking back out because he didn't want to go back. He even said no Banner yeah, as he punched himself in the They were fighting face. each other, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, and you, you see in his face, like, him screaming because he remembers Natalie. Mm-hmm. He remembers how sad that was, and I'm like, he's... Natasha. Natasha, Natalie, yeah. Natalia Romanova. Uh, and he's like, man, he wants to escape that heartbreak so bad. It's like, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah it is. I really liked what they did with the Hulk in yeah. this. Um, especially just, I, I can't wait to see more of that. In Infinity War, if we don't have a scene where Hulk and Banner confront each other, I'll be pretty upset. No, I love, shot. I actually really love the, the callback to Avengers where um, Thor is going up to Hulk and the gladiatorial is like, hey, big guy, sounds getting real little. And they're doing the love. I'm thinking, I'm like, no. There's and then he just grabs oh, Thor yeah. and does like and like smashes and Loki's him. like and of course, that's how that feels yeah, and Loki's like yes that's it. it was like oh great the, the way that this movie callbacks the callbacks the, Point Break uh, they call it yeah damn you Stark Point Break <laughs> can you Welcome explain Thor. that what happened remind me what happened uh, well in Avengers he calls the Thor, first Avengers right? the first Avengers so, film uh, Point Break's about like muscly sexy man so he's like good job Point Break oh no hard feelings Point Break no hard feelings there you go yeah. and the first you Avengers, throw a meat uh, swing yeah yeah. And that was the first Avengers film when okay. the first when they were on the helicarrier. Okay, yeah, I, I for, <laughs> yeah. honestly I forgot that part. Yeah, since we're talking about the callbacks, I think one of the things that makes Thor Ragnarok work, one of the things is that it embraces and respects everything that came before for all of its characters. And honestly, it's one of those things where 
I'm a little more accepting of Thor the Dark World because the payoff in Ragnarok makes it emotionally worth it. Right, this is what we were talking about when BVS was starting to come out. Uh, we didn't have a show back then, but uh, when BVS was, was coming out, uh, Sparks and I and Ben and I, the three of us, we were talking about how if BVS acknowledges the destruction of, of Metropolis in a respectful way, it could make Man of Steel, the emotional payoff of Man of Steel, work better. And, and it, I think it doesn't. It, uh, I personally still like that first like twenty minutes of BBS. Sure. Yeah. I think um, that stuff's I think that is a good payoff. The, part, the, rest of the, movie, the part where Bruce Wayne is racing through the city trying to get yeah. that trying to get people and out of the I think commercial, that's actually yes. really impactful. Actually it was a little Range Rover. <laughs> Whatever. Um I <laughs> Land Rover, it, actually. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Um <laughs> and so Jeep. yeah, so Thor Ragnarok does pay off Thor the Dark World in a way that actually makes me feel like if I had we were to do a Thor marathon, I wouldn't skip over Ragnarok. I would, you mean Dark World? Dark World, man. <laughs> what? You That's how much I want Dark oh, World yeah. to be Ragnarok. Uh, I was about to say, I think Thor Ragnarok is the best Thor movie we've gotten. Yeah, I really well, like that I, first one, but yes, I agree. Yeah, I like the first one a I lot really, too. Yeah. Uh, I think the beginning of the movie where he's talking about, I went on a, a quest for these Infinity Stones and I found nothing. I think that's a jab at Avengers: Age of Ultron. That all that bullshit that happened. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I went on a cosmic journey, didn't find anything. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm here. That sucks. <laughs> Like that was that's a good payoff right there. He found a he found another but destruction. Stupid, stupid cave scene. Yeah. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot of setup for the future, which I appreciated. No, it's just a direct lead up into Infinity War, really. Yeah, just yeah. just the Sanctuary Two just looming well, but in the Tesseract. Loki looking at the Tesseract. Uh, the he, Sanctuary Two at the post credit sequence. Um, that's really it. There wasn't there wasn't a cave sequence that just whatever into the Ragnarok. Uh, it's, this is completely way back into the news, but uh, the director said that Infinity War is a heist movie that's uh, that Thanos is almost the main character of. So he's just going from place to place getting the stone. So he's going to run into Thor and Loki probably the very beginning of that movie and wreck some shit. Mm-hmm. Probably. Hell yeah. Uh, I I imagine so based off the Infinity War trailer that that'll happen. But I yeah. I what happens at the beginning of that trailer makes me really nervous about what happens to all those Asgardians. Because yeah. oh, you're right. Because yeah. the guardians come out in space upon Thor in a destroyed oh, something. Sh- you're right. Around him. Oh, my heart is breaking for all those people. I hope that Asgardians didn't all just get murdered because that no, would be they, real sad. No, man. That we need the stakes to be really high for Thanos to matter. But so. also, but also that. So here's so here's kind of the problem with that is that it makes the emotional payoff for Ragnarok no longer relevant. But that's not that's not Infinity War's job, or that's not they should not be related. No, but it's the you know kind of I mean? it's the kind of thing where it's okay. So let's take let's take this back to comics. When a Marvel event leads into the next Marvel event, it makes that one it makes that Marvel event feel like well, I didn't really need to read this. Yes, but we don't get twelve movies; we get one every two years. You know what I mean? Or like one every year. You know what I mean? Like it's this is the big event. There we don't have smaller comics. Every sure. movie is a big movie. Right. Sure. I mean, we get three movies a year. Uh, three you know what I, mean. I think, I think, you know what I mean? I think the more present thing to me is that I, I hope that's not exactly how things go down because I think it's a lot of legwork to have to explain how Loki, Hulk, and Thor all survive Thanos in that situation. Yeah. And if you kill all the Asgardians, as now established, not to mention Heimdall would die. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you kill all the, if you kill all the Asgardians as established in this current thing, uh, technically, as established in Ragnarok, Thor should lose his power and not be able to get it back because awesome. Asgard is a people. That's when he gets his robot hand and his eye patch and he becomes King Thor. What's well, King up? of what? Exactly. King of nothing. Because if... if, if Maybe Odinson. Well, because if, uh, if Asgard... So I think that what's going on is somehow the Asgardians end up on Earth and we get Asgardia. 
which in, is, in Oklahoma, right? Well, is what I, I think what I wanted. I think so like, in Norway. No, because they even say this could be Asgard. I know, but yeah. it should be in Oklahoma so we can get siege. All right. Well, you can still get siege. You can still get siege. No, Asgard has to be in Oklahoma for that to happen. Oh, I disagree. It takes place in America. Ryan, Ryan, what? stop shooting for the moon on all these ones. Ah, uh, no, because Thanos throws a moon, so I can shoot for anything. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I, there's also that, and I don't want to see. I don't want to see after going through this two and a half hour movie, the death of Heimdall and and all of the Asgardians. No, yeah. like because that that's disingenuous to this film, because that's saying that this film ultimately didn't matter because we went to because it was just a lead up into this film, and that's always been the problem with the Marvel movies is that they felt like especially Phase Two was just a lead into the next, was just a lead into the next, and now we got we've got finally gotten away from that. We're getting standalone movies that don't lead into the next. They do in subtle ways. They do in and they're finally showing us these movies matter. This is one movie, and then at the end of the movie we get a little tease for the next. Mm-hmm. But this movie is that movie, and doing that and showing like. In the beginning of Infinity War, all the Asgardians are dead and Heimdall is dead and somehow Loki, Thor, and Hulk are not. Yeah. Then that just feels like, well, why did I sit through that two and a half hours then? I, and, and again, everything you're saying is not wrong. But like when you're, when you're doing, this is issue two and issue three is Infinity War. Like to me, I, I understand how it would undervalue this movie. But for me, like Infinity War is a separate thing and it's using... What that what happened in Ragnarok? It's not it's not taking it away. But you're always you're always looking at the the end game, and the end game is Infinity War. Yeah. But I'm looking at these films should just stand on their own, and they do. That's why this was a credit scene. Let's 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 go back to Ragnarok. Yes. It, it and ha- just talk they, about Ragnarok. They caused it. <laughs> it's their fault. Um, that, I like that was a good twist. That was like a it. good twist uh, when we see that. Uh, oh, the, so Hela revives that undead army. That's cool. They look um, like 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 uh, Skyrim zombies. I yeah. really liked how Heimdall was uh, was this rogue warrior. Dude, he was like Harry Tubman of the Asgardians. He, like he's like the Underground Railroad of like saving that world. Dude, he's awesome. He's a hero. Yeah. And he just strips, steals his sword back. That's pretty. Dope. He still has his sight. Which yeah, is they, great. they yeah they uh, well his sight's just part of him. Oh, yeah. I, I like that they just kind of conveniently forget that Odin's staff can also work the Bifrost. Is it Odin's staff or is it Odin himself? I think it was Odin no, himself. No, because Loki uses the staff to open the Bifrost at the end of Thor to destroy uh, Jotunheim. Where is Odin's staff? In the Bifrost. Oh, no. In, in the movie, we see it next to Hela. Okay, maybe well, she yeah, because Hela know. never uses it. Thor is the only one who uses it. Yeah, but it's just sitting on the throne. Oh, well. Maybe she just doesn't know. Yeah, she, I don't think she, she was knows, locked up for she, a million years. Yeah, she, she, she didn't know. Maybe it's a new thing. <laughs> Maybe because Odin's dead, his, his staff doesn't work either. Mm. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. It's, not, it's not a big problem. All right, guys. So I'm going to tell you what I don't like about this movie. Yeah, you seemed a little lukewarm on the film. Yeah, because out of I it. really I like it a lot. I like it a lot. But uh, the thing that I was worried about this being Taika Waititi is a is a very interesting filmmaker to make a hundred and eighty million dollar blockbuster. I've watched a lot of interviews with him leading up to this because this is definitely the strangest choice for a very independent small guy to go this big. This is the biggest leap that Marvel's ever done. Like the last movie he made was like a, like a couple million dollars with Sam Neill. Um, this movie is very, very... F- the Rooster Brothers was also technically a leap because they went from TV. That's true. That's true. Uh, I think Winter Soldier probably had a big budget too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what Thor's character is in this movie. I don't... In, in every Thor movie, he's never really been defined. And in this movie, he's kind of just along for the ride being funny. He's not defined as an actual character for me. He's a lot of jokes and he has some dad stuff. But like, I don't, I, all the other Avengers, I know who they are. 
And in every Thor movie, he's different. And in this movie, he's completely different than every other interpretation. So I don't know what his character is. And that, that was the biggest problem for me. Like, why do I care about this jokester when nothing seems to really matter? I will admit they've had a hard time locking down Thor. In the, in the MCU. Everyone else, I know who they are. I know who Loki is, but like Thor seems to flip-flop all the time. Sparks, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I get... I get it. Uh, I don't entirely share that opinion. I think Thor's kind of evolved from where he started at being this kind of very, you know, uh, Shakespearean-style, thanks, Kenneth Branagh, um son of odin character turned into this more like more and more kind of familiar with human customs and and his own humanity uh and i think that's kind of loosened up like when you get to age of ultron and i mean i'm obviously stretching it a bit but when you get to age of ultron he spent a year on earth and he's loosened up a lot and so he's still that person that that kind of noble hero but he's got a lot more looseness in his in his wit and his humor and i think that that's fully developed at ragnarok where he's just kind of taken such a hard leap away from where he started because he didn't want to be uh what he'd always thought he was going to be anymore okay um my thing is is a lot of a lot of this was improv and to me i a lot of the scenes i saw thor a lot of the scenes i saw chris hemsworth being funny Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. This movie, I'm saying, this movie is super entertaining, but like, well, it's it's weird for me because like I'm I view all of these in like a like I said like it's a comic. This is all one series. Like we had Civil War and like I, they all feel the same. But this one definitely because it's it's this director and his style of making movies. Like because it's a Marvel movie, I'm expecting certain things, and it's good that it actually is breaking away from the mold. But maybe maybe I want the mold. You know what I mean? Like because. I'm just like I like I like Loki a lot and and Hell is cool but like Thor uh, he's being funny a lot. See, I like, just, so here's where I disagree with you. I don't want the mold anymore. No, yeah, I'm tired of the mold. Uh, I'm saying this as a bombastic Marvel fan. I love oh, yeah. the MCU. I'm all in. Give me the mold. I'll still take it. But I want I do want things that are different. Guardians of the Galaxy different. Yeah. Civil War different. Ant Man uh, different enough. Yeah. Doctor Strange different enough. So no, if, I mean all of these have been different. Me, but like this one was, me... I guess maybe a little too much from what I wanted. Like, sure. I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe I really do want like more in- connectivity or or I don't know, man. I'm just thinking of like like well, the last Marvel movie. I mean, I you saw. said you said it. You said it like the you said it really well. You said you treat this as issue two of a comic book series, Cause if, essentially, because they treat it kind of like that a little bit. I don't think they do. I think they treat it as as individual series, like Thor one, two, and three. That's issue one, two, and three of Thor. Yeah. Avengers one, two, and three is is issue one, two, and three of yeah. Avengers. I think that's how they treat it, and I much prefer when when I see that. Yeah. So when this is like the culmination of Thor, of Thor's story in his Thor comic book, I prefer seeing that than seeing issue two of the Infinity War saga. No, of course, and maybe that was not the right way to phrase it because like I don't I don't think this is part one of Infinity War. It's just like because I'm thinking of that ending. It's well, just, technically, it's, it's like part seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's and that's also what I mean. Like they're all kind of they're all kind of small parts of a larger whole. And I and I, it sounds like I don't like this movie. I really like this movie. I was laughing the entire time. But like all the emotional stuff with the with with the the sons and the father, it worked. 
But uh, when Thor is just being his kooky self, I didn't see Thor as much as I saw Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. When it's just him and Loki and there's like the emotional stuff, I see him. But I know a lot of this movie was improv because I saw he improv like 80% of this movie. Like a lot, like Taika is like... 80% of Iron Man was also improv. Yeah, and that, I think that works, that movie's not as much of a comedy, not nearly as much as this movie is. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like I don't want to, I'm not flacking on it, but like... uh, I don't feel like Thor is really defined as like Captain America or Iron Man. Like I know who those characters are. I can name like their character traits. But in this one, like what what is Thor besides being like a warrior who's funny? Like really, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. Um, I, I I like I said before, the MCU has a hard time has had a hard time locking down Thor's yeah. character. Um, this is the most I've enjoyed Thor for sure. I yeah. love Chris Hemsworth, but like I think I like the first Thor movie more than I like this one to be sure. honest. I like the first Thor from film, film a lot. I still think of that scene in the first Thor where Loki is is talking to Odin, and Loki's like, "Tell me about about my like my heritage. Tell me!" And like Odin's crying and he's crying. I'm like, "Man, this is this is or when he banishes or when he banishes Thor. That's yeah. my favorite ha that line. And like all that stuff is like really good. And I didn't feel that way about a lot of that mm-hmm. in this. I want to touch on real quick um, on Sakaar. We see a lot of um, 80s sci-fi. Jack Kirby inspired Hell, imagery. Yeah. In fact, someone is dressed up as a Jack Kirby Celestial, um, <laughs> which I thought was really awesome. Uh, I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's really cool. Whenever they touch on, whenever they, we get some Jack Kirby inspired, we got saw it in Volume oh, Two. Of all, the, the all the all the the se- the scenes like the set pieces and everything like on Sakaar looked awesome. Yeah, and a lot of it was practical. Yeah. I watched a lot of behind the scenes making of it. I'm like, man, they spent a lot of money on this movie. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah, what what do you think? What do you think, Ben, about what what uh, what Ryan is saying? Um, I kind of do get it. Um, the way I, because I, I couldn't really tell where the improv started or ended, and I used to because be, it's all done at once. Like, yeah, it's it's all, it's all done at once. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of because I do know. I, I actually I kind of see like how Thor does progress because in the very first Thor film, he is very like hard, he's a hardened warrior. He's he's not accustomed to the earth, and then. Leading up to Dark World and uh, Age of Ultron, he's been on Earth for quite some time, so he's kind of loosened up. He doesn't have such a stick up his ass, right? But that's not a, that's not a well to Ryan's point. That's not a character, right? That's just a thing that a character does. Um, no, so, so yeah, yeah. I, I knew I, I knew who he was in that first movie. I knew who he was in Avengers. I knew who he was in Dark World. In this, like, I I just feel like oh, he's now the comedy version of that. Like, it's not it's not as defined for me. It's not just. There is emotional stuff in this movie, but this movie doesn't try to be anything more emo- doesn't try to be more than an action comedy. Like the emotional stuff isn't as deep as stuff in Civil War to me or Avengers. Mm-hmm. Personally. All right. Well or personally. As a as a as a fan of father son storylines, um I uh Hey man, I think dads are pretty cool. I like <laughs> this is this is something the, the Odin Loki theme yeah. like really hit that me. That sounds awesome. Um yeah. I really I really like yeah, that. This, well, let's 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 get into the let's start wrapping it up. Let's get into the ending um, where we see. On, I, like the, I think the ending is awesome. The ending is pretty great. Yeah. Where so, where Asgard is being overrun, um, they're losing the battle uh, with Hela, and the, the great one of the great lines. Or oh, we, we get a flashback with Odin. Well, not a flashback. We get some weird thing with Odin where Thor is like, "I, I lost the hammer. I'm not strong enough to beat him, to beat her." And or, Odin just goes, "Are you Thor, god of hammers?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty great. And then uh, we, so he, he the, the better line after that is like, "I'm not as strong as you." No, no, you're not. You're stronger. Oh, I yeah. love like, that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so we 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 get the sh- the money shot in the trailer, which is him fully on electricity. And one eye with one with eye. One eye. Um, An immigrant song playing in the background. He full straight up does a raid in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the, 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 yeah, the, the barrels through the spinning. The oh spinning man, it was so thing. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was that was all really great. And we get the and we get the um, uh, the re- uh, Loki rescues all the Asgardians and they fly away. Your savior has arrived. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, that, the, that also really, with the part where really Thor great. realizes that, hey, we're supposed to cause Ragnarok, not hell is... No, we're not supposed to stop Ragnarok. We're supposed to cause it so they get the crown of Surtur throwing the eternal flame, and then Surtur just rises up. The and enemy just, of my enemy is still my enemy. And just wrecks everyone's <laughs> shit. We didn't touch on Fenris? Fenris? Oh, the wolf. He's in it for like... How cool, was that? How cool was that? He's That's a green zombie wolf, man. I was kind of hoping that uh, uh, Scourge would be like, there will be consequences. Look at the big ass wolf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't mess around. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I thought that was cool that they included Fenris. Uh, and though when when uh when Banner sacrifices himself to become an, oh to become man a he just ragdolls and drops. <laughs> oh that gets so. I like. I really we just like see the, his broken body. No, the relationship between uh, we didn't talk much about Valkyrie. Tessa oh Thompson. man, dude, Valkyrie's oh, yeah. so great. She, she is my favorite. Yeah, she's. My, I yeah. absolutely adore her. I want. I can't wait to see more of her. And she is such a badass. Well, I want to know what her real name is because well, she is a Valkyrie. Is she like? Well, you want revenge, and and I want revenge, and you, do you, do you want revenge? I'm still undecided. <laughs> wait, so so Ryan, being yeah. the resident Marvel, uh, her comic, name is Valkyrie. Her name is just Valkyrie because yeah. in the movie they say, "Hey, you're a Valkyrie. Yeah. You're not." Valkyrie. Well, in the comics, like she, she has a, the name of Valkyrie. Like she's like it's the same it's like, thing. It's like Thor, and yeah. Loki. All right, so she's still like the last surviving yeah. Valkyrie. They, yeah, basically. Okay, there was, well, she's the only Valkyrie. I don't think there right. in the comics there wasn't like a group of Valkyries. Yeah, it's just okay. like one lady. Um, uh, by the fact, way, that her, flash- her, fun fact, real quick, her her um her code Scrapper one four two is a reference to her first appearance in Hulk one forty two. That's cool. There you go. Oh, yeah. Damn, so many just so many deep cuts. I, that in was this cool. Movie. And Man Thing was a statue on the thing. So was and Beta Ray Bill Beta and Ray Bill. Ares God of War. Beta Ray Bill. Apparently, Ares God of War. I'm, I can't confirm or deny that. I don't know, but Beta Ray Bill, he's like the big one right there. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I was more excited for Man Thing. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even recognize Man Thing. I'm Unless just you wouldn't. <laughs> um, Sparks, do you have anything to comment on Valkyrie? Yeah, I thought she was awesome. I was really happy for her inclusion. Um, something I liked about uh, her was her the the flashback scene that Loki causes, Thank which you. is another. This is another example of why I I don't agree with the people who said that there was an emotional weight to this movie. Um, I I don't agree with that. I'm like it it was there. You you might have needed to be as invested to remember things from Thor or Thor two or the Avengers films, or you might have needed to just really be invested in this movie. But um, it it was definitely present. And her flashback sequence, which was a longer scene that they cut out. Oh man, a whole lot of so pretty. Um, so pretty. uh, what what I love about it is uh they they really leaned uh kind of into this bisexuality idea or or uh oh that's right she's her, an lgbt her, character yeah yeah her her relationship there that's clearly present even in that flashback and i thought that was done so well just the whole flashback was done so well i was really happy about its inclusion um and i think she's a solid character uh all on her own and i really I really appreciated her inclusion. Yeah, I didn't um, know. I didn't know that because when I first saw, because I saw the movie twice. When I first saw, it, I thought, oh, that must have been like her mentor, her best friend, that who sacrificed herself. And then the second time I saw, it, I was like, maybe there was a little thing going on there. <laughs> yeah, she she said it's not outright spoken of in the movie, but she uh-huh. said she she's uh, LGBT, oh. um, LGBTQ plus, I guess is what it is now. Um, yeah, I I really liked her relationship with Hulk. Also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, her and Banner. I'm like, yeah. Who are you? Do I know you? I, I think I know you. I think like, I know you too. And when she's drunk and like, I think I know this guy. So like, weird. Oh. Yeah. I like that uh, Thor some, kept some, hitting Loki with things. S- oh, yeah. Something about 
something about Valkyrie and Hela that uh, someone pointed out to me that I really appreciate is that neither of their characters ever does anything that is strictly feminine. Um, They never, they never use, uh, they don't wear armor that shows off their bodies in a way that seems ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They don't uh, use any uh, feminine wiles or uh, have any romantic attachment things happen. Uh, involving either of their characters, the two women it's, are the strongest characters in the movies. Yeah. Those two guys. They they don't they. Someone worded this really well. They said they that neither of the characters did anything that would seem weird coming from a male character. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really great. When Hogan's like, "Whoever you are, whoever I am, did you not hear what I just <laughs> I said?" I loved that scene. And uh, also, and also, when Thor was like, "You're a Valkyrie," I always want to be a Valkyrie until I found out it was only women. But hey, that's cool. And he's all trying to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just another like it's it they stood those characters out really well without doing anything. So like and I'm not saying like other female characters in the MCU don't don't get treated well. I'm just saying uh these are probably some of the first ones who who didn't have something feminine defined to them. Yes, yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh George Railroad Martin he uh, he had our interviews and like you always write really compelling, really strong women. Uh how, how does he do that? It's like, well, first of all, uh women are people and I just write good people. They happen to oh, be women. George R. Yeah. That interview, the yeah, that I remember yeah, that railroad. Interview. I'm like, yeah, man, hey, it's easy to write female characters. Yeah. Just write them as a person. Oh, you said George Railroad Martin? Yeah, George R. R. Martin. I thought you said George R. Martin. Oh, railroad. Um. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Um. Let's get some final thoughts and some ratings, guys. Gladiator fight was cool. That's funny. Good fight. Uh, Sparks, you first. Jeez, what? Okay. All right. Always, always go to you first. You should be prepared at this point. I don't know change. why you always go to me first. Jeez, Brandon, You're as prepared as up. we are, my buddy, Cause, my dude. Because I love you. Jeez, Brandon, change it up once in a while. Gosh. All right, Ben Magnet. Mm, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Um, I really enjoy this. Um, I can't think of anything wrong. There were some flaws. I thought the pacing was great. I really... I just I loved the funny moments of Thor, like the the part where he's on the chain going around with Surtur. I thought it set a good tone that yes, Thor does have those good moments. Oh, like when hold he's, on, I'm not even moving. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah, like the scene with Loki and the scene where he's with uh, Odin. Yeah, let's do get help. I honestly thought that the Odin scene was a little too short and happened a little too quick. But it was pretty quick. But it does pay off in the end, yeah. especially in, like that flashback or that uh. Um, out of body sequence, the Batman versus Superman, uh, Jonathan Kent on top of a mountain scene. Uh, yeah, this one done better. This no. seems way better. Done better. Jonathan Kent was in hell. Oh. That's what that's what he's doing. <laughs> and Odin just came from Valhalla and say, "Yeah, you're not as strong as me. You're stronger." Oh. And he still says, "I love you, my sons." And then he's like, "Remember this place. Look, this is home." And then he fades away. I was like, "That was short." He's like, but hey, look at that thing. I'm gonna die real quick though. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hey, look over there. Yeah, yeah. And they turn around. Their dad said, "Like whoa!" And then Hella shows up. But other than that, the pacing was great. The scenes, the the, com- the comedy in this didn't take away from the action, and it paid off immensely well. Like when Loki slips slips away from Thor when they're getting the Commodore, and Thor's just like, <sighs> and he turns around, he looks at him. I know you projected a hologram. Come on, dude. It's like, dude, I know. <laughs> and all in all, this uh, I think this is my favorite Thor film. It's better than the first one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Rate it. Eight gold blooms out of ten. <laughs> Eight gold blooms out of ten. <laughs> okay, that's going to be a rating for that's this movie. Pretty good. Gold blooms, uh, Ryan. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think. I think now that I'm talking about, it, I think the issues I have with it are my own personal 
comic book issues and I have to view this as a comedy director wanting to make a comedy movie and move away from the this is all in a Marvel thing. Um, at the end of the day though I still I still had my issues with it I'm not going to give it a higher score than I want to. Uh, I, I still enjoyed it. I'll give it I like, demand that you give it a higher score I'd than you want to. I give it a 13 to. out of 9. Uh, I would give this like a like a like a 7.5. Like I 7.5? Yeah, 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 what? 7.5 uh, the uh, go, go booms. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sparks. Um I think this movie was done really, really well. I think it has a lot of respect for the films that came before it. Um, and that's something I really appreciate. It's almost all of its jokes land uh, well enough. And uh, I think all the emotional beats are there. I th- one of the standout scenes for me is the scene where Thor and Hulk get angry at each other. And Thor oh. says, Earth does hate you is one of my favorite oh, moments so the whole sad. film. Because it, it works so well for me just watching Hulk react after yeah. that. I was and like, he, God, that's, he does like that's a, a moment <laughs> I've wanted. Yeah. yeah, I've wanted a moment like that yeah. in the film. And I really like how Hulk reacts to Thor. Gonna, I, thought, I thought all that was really good. I'm going to change um, my score. Visually, it's one of the most fun films that Marvel's done. Like, It's just so visually popping. Goldblum's a great character. Korg's a great character. Um, Hela's awesome. Oh, Nick's uh, dead. <laughs> yeah it's so so much so much good stuff to it um i i kind of agree with ryan a little bit about the thor thing but i also i you have to dig and stretch across all of the films thor's appeared in but you can kind of see like a growth happening with the character uh but but it could have been stronger there there are definitely character things to specifically thor and hella i think could have been stronger in this film so i'll give it like a 7.7 gold blooms yeah What's your new score? I was, I, because I, I, my way of viewing scores is uh, a, a school score. So like a C is like a 70, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie's a C, so I'm going to go 80. It's an 8, not a 7.5. It's an 8. I, right. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I really love this. I really love this movie. Uh, I had a blast uh, from start to finish. It just goes at a breakneck pace. I think it's one of the better paced Marvel films. I agree with that. And mm-hmm. it's one of the better, um, and it's one of the better balanced Marvel films as far as humor and action. I think all the action is great. I think when the, he spins his hammer, yeah, they, oh. I love when it, they get that right. It yeah, looks me so too. Good. It doesn't. It doesn't feel as long as it is. Yes, no, it doesn't. Right. No, I wanted more. So I, I, yeah, so it, I think it's one of the better, the better paced Marvel films. Um, I love the imagery, the, all the Jack Kirby stuff, the stuff in the car. All the imagery just pops. Um, Rate right the Stan Lee cameo. That was fun. <laughs> uh, one of, it's definitely up there for me. I it's like one it. of my favorite Stanley cameos. Um, yeah, I uh, the action was incredible. Every single action sequence was just super cool and super engaging. Uh, and I love the emotion. The guy, I got the emotion I wanted out of this movie, out of Thor: The Dark World. Um, I got in this film, uh, so I would honestly give it an eight point five gold blooms out of ten. Uh, you know, we never really talked about Jeff Goldblum and how great he was. In he's this movie. he's we not touched, in it a lot. We touched on it. We said he was he's pretty good. great. He's good, but he's I, not in I think it a universally, lot. he's great. No, I love the scene <clears throat> where the that one. Uh, what's her name? Topaz. Topaz. Oh, the the uh, his bodyguard. Oh, his every bodyguard. every inter every interaction between him and Topaz is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but then she like she's then trash. Loki, no lo- trash. Were you just were you just waiting to call her that? That's the start of the B. No, and also that part where he's where he's like I'm a. I have to say, there's some beautiful shots, like oh. the the shot with the mirror surface and the that the reverence scene. But shot. one of my favorite parts with Jeff Goldblum is um, uh, when he's talking to Loki, and then Tobias hands him the stick. He's like, "Why are you giving me the melt the melt stick? No, that's not a capital offense. He's just correcting me." Yeah, 
Um, she's a uh, New Zealand uh, native. A lot of these people in this movie are from New Zealand. You can hear their accents. Yeah, it's pretty great. All right, well, let's move on. Um, I think we're all pretty positive on this film. Um, yes. Let's go to Thank our- Thank God. God. Right. If this movie was bad, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Me too. Cry. Uh, so I was really looking forward to this one. There's no world in which I believe that Justice League is going to be a better movie. No way. No, 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 no way in not. hell. Absolutely not. God. What if it is? Just just imagine. No, stop. Ryan, stop. 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 I know this road stop. you're going down. I, just, I know this road you're going down. No don't road. do it. No, stop. I've, no, it's done. Stop. It's gone. All right. right? Well, let's move on to it's our like book Superman. Club. It's gone. Right. Let's move on to our book. Quiet time. Oh, you got it. Yeah, I got it. Um, the book club uh, was mine, and I, I decided to to because no one really chose a spooky book for uh, October. I decided to choose one uh, for the end. Of oh, October. excuse me, I only picked Beasts of Burden. Oh, that's right, that was in October. Uh, man, she's. Uh, hey, Taskmaster's memory is pretty spooky. That's true. <laughs> uh, so I chose Survivors Club. Uh, we have actually I have a comment from Matt, who was on the show a couple of times. Uh, he commented on Facebook. I like Matt. Um, he said, "I have read it." Kind of a mixed bag. It's got some interesting ideas, moments, and a cool premise. But overall, I found it kind of lacking. We're checking out, though, for horror fans looking for something a little different. I would actually agree with 100% that. 100% agree with that. So I picked this having only read about half of it. Uh, I read the first so one. So I've read the rest uh, now. And I got to say, uh, the end did not... Uh, did not uh, Satisfy. Satisfy, as yeah. well as the beginning. Because I really love how this book starts. Uh, so the, the, the premise of this book is... Uh, well, actually, it's right here. What if the horror movies of the 1980s were real? Where are all those kids today? Oh. And so we see uh, a lot of these kids, um, a lot of these kids who were in horror movies or horror movie scenarios, um, are still haunted by their past. Uh, in Cabin some way, in the Woods esque, would you say? I would, I would, but not in the way of, near the end. It feels like it. Yes, that's toward, what towards the end more. But yeah. I, I don't think the connections in this book work towards the end. Not nearly as well because. You know, it, it's just they all have different horrors that are attached to them, um, and I was always I was wondering what that connection was. But that, connect, that the real connection <coughs> doesn't come in until the very end. Yeah, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Sparks, did you read this one? Yep. What did you think? Uh, sorry, I'm yawning. Um, I thought sorry, that I'm boring you. <laughs> uh, I thought that there. Was a lot of cool stuff here. I didn't feel like all of it fulfilled its potential. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Um, I, I, I really liked uh, the doll, uh, Alice. Alice, she's so. She I thought she was great. Reaped me out. Uh, both Lord. Alice's were really fun. Nice one, Evil. Uh, were really fun to read. I it's liked, like the Prestige. Yeah, I like Mr. Empty. Yeah, that uh, was Mr. Nobody, Mr. Empty. Mr. Mr. Empty. Empty. Mr. Empty. Um, I thought that was a really cool imagery. Uh, really scary, Auntie. Kira with her aunt. Kira that's with that's her my aunt. favorite character. Yeah, that one was really good. I don't think... I, I wonder if they kind of moved away from her as the lead in the beginning, uh, towards the middle. The um, the video game girl, um, the African lady. Zara? Zira? Zira, I think yeah. I call her. Um, I th- They move away from her being the main character to... to um, Alice and the Muskegee, Muskegee, Simon, Muskegee? Simon, yeah. uh, Simon character. Also, Tia's around there with bug bites. <laughs> yeah, and then this one, guy, and this one guy with bug bites who was uh, attacked by this bug lady, which we find Sexy out his last. Lady. We find out his horror last. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he got this crazy murder man trying to catch them all with Mr. Empty. Yeah, and uh, this is fun though. It's it's, it's definitely really it's definitely a really good premise, and I think the first couple issues are pretty good. But I think the longer it goes on, the more it outstays its welcome. Yeah, and especially this near the end with the house stuff, which I talked to you a little bit about. I'm kind of confused on how that whole house works. 
Yes. It's like a magic house. So, so like it does whatever it wants. It's, so it's a it's a it's like a house that's both possessed alive. and alive and good natured. The yeah. the rules of the rules and how it works of kind of both the video game and the house weren't very well explored. Kind of even the doll thing I'll argue too. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure who was talk- the doll and who wasn't. Oh, Alice. Th- oh, I thought you meant the ending. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. Just like the 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 like what was going on exactly was never really well developed, I felt, yeah. on those three things. And uh, one of the things that made it hard for me to get into this was, I don't know if I was the only one with this problem, but when the characters first meet up and they're talking to each other, I found the dialogue really unbelievable. Yeah, a little bit. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't believe them talking to each other. I'm like, ah, this is not how these people talk when they get together like this. This is weird. Yeah, um, Brandon, sad to say, I, I did read some of that. I got like about halfway through. But one thing I really liked about this, be, me being a big video guy, game guy, is the premise of it. Like there's this haunted video game that's hunting these people down and this game is somehow connected to these people's different horrors in 1987. But then it get, for me, it just gets really, really weird. Like the the issue where Mr. Empty shows up in the house, and those Christian, that Christian couple, they're like, okay, the house oh, is the, the, de- the, the, the exorcism people? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the, I, well, I like that. That were both not real and real. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, but they're just wandering through. It's like, hey, the house is acting up again. Okay, let's pray. And here there's Mr. Empty just like showing up in the fridge, handing the wife two beers. And she's like, hmm, that's I, new. I and she's just walking back upstairs. I like the, those two characters because they're, it's like they've seen the world and like they're just used to giant monsters and demons. So they see a monster and they're like, oh, well, this is a new one. Well, let's yeah. take care of it, I guess. They seem to be based off of the Warrens. That makes sense. Um, I, w- I, I got that impression. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like this book was supposed to be... So this book came out around the time that Vertigo was trying to rebrand the first time. Um, if this had three more issues, I think I'd like it more because I don't I think like it was where... supposed to. I don't think it ended well. I no, think it needed those three issues. I think it was supposed to be an ongoing, yeah, but right. it was canceled because Vertigo canceled a ton of their titles. Womp, womp. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I... I like this book for the most part. I really like the imagery. I, I like think the first the, half a lot. I think the art is really good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really spooky. Um, every, like There's a lot of really cool imagery in, in this book. Um, especially the end. Just the end is really confusing, and not only that, but the video game it doesn't, turns people into zombies. But it also is a good thing. I see. That's where that's where the, the horror ends up being something more positive than anything else. Some of the horror, so, so the house and the video game both end up being things for good, things that we're we're trying oh, to yes. test and and make them better. Right, right. And I don't think that quote unquote twist works. And the thing, sorry for kind of spoiling it, but no, like, that's fine. like at the end, like it. That's why I mentioned Cabin in the Woods because it's straight up like, oh, they were all like eating lollipops, lollipops from like this, it's like scientist place. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is straight up just now scientific. And but like, I need it needed to finish. I think I don't think this book finished, and I think it ends badly. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it bums me out because like I would totally, fin- I want to read the end of this book. Yeah, it's a shame. I wonder, I wonder if it'll get a second. A second volume. His Vertigo is more. This has been over for like a year, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, sub- I would probably. I don't know because there were parts. Where it was like, okay, there's a video game, and then there's a, a a house where this kid was like tortured because it was like a demon house that the devil possessed. Yeah, so it's like, like Amityville Horror, but then the ring with the game. Right. So, so that that bit. The, so the thing, the problem there is that they're they're revealed to be well. They're they're not revealed, but the 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 idea is that 
she they're brought together because they're all connected but it turns out that the video game and the house are not connected no. at all no. yeah and that bugs me I so think, at that yeah. point just either make a book about a haunted video game which i think would be amazing yeah, or that, a book about a haunted house which you can still do great well, things I, with I that think, i think the premise of this book is really good like what if they were all connected and the connection turns out to be not the connection we thought it was going to be it turns out to be the lollipops and i don't think that connection works no. because especially if this book wasn't going to finish this book should have changed the ending and had the connection be the horrors which makes me think they didn't know that they were going to get canceled yes which is a shame me too i, I feel like the connection the connection should have been the horror the connection shouldn't have been the, the lollipops yeah that's a it makes me think like yeah man like there's a great game called Outcast where 90% of it takes place in an insane asylum and then uh, it's got spooky ghost shit and then the last 10%, spoilers for a five-year-old game, it's a scientific base underneath where they're doing like nanotechnology stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this completely ruins this game and it's not nearly as interesting as it used to be uh, than it's crazy scientist stuff. And I'm like, I hope that's not the direction this was going to go. It's like the end of Thor The Dark World where it's revealed that Odin is Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Full circle, uh, Brandon. Bring it yeah. back around. But yeah, this, like, uh, this, feel, this, this really, like, it started to feel like Cabin in the Woods, where I'm like, this is all spooky stuff, but it's all scientific in nature, and it's just not done but Cabin as in well. the But Cabin in the Woods establishes the connection being early. Not at the last issue. Yeah. 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 Like, this book, the very beginning, the premise and, like, the first two issues, I'm like, okay, I'm into it. Yeah. Then I got to issue four with Mr. Empty in the, in the spooky house. I'm thinking, okay, WTF is going on. Well, see, I here's the thing. Issue five is where I don't like it. I actually really like that issue. I where like he's where he's alone in the house and still like trying to figure out how it works. Yeah, and I he like, like and oh. he like um and he like uh, rips off the guy's beard and puts it on to pretend to be like when we see like they can't leave the mus- the Muskogee house because they they want to uh, be a family or something. Yeah, because right? they want to be a family or yeah. something like that. And, and then you got like the cockroach infested bodies of uh, Simon's parents. I think that's cool. And I think it's cool. The imagery was good. The imagery was good. His sister gets murdered, but she has to stay in the house to stay yeah. alive. That's awesome. Yeah, spoilers. My sister gets there's, there's a lot. Well, she's not even introduced until like until like the seventh issue. Yeah, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, uh, it's man. Yeah, it's it's a lot of really good ideas that are half cooked. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Especially like the Mister Empty Alice. Yes, I'm just that's just like a weird amalgamation monster. That doesn't go anywhere. I don't. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and I wonder if it was if it doesn't go anywhere. And like she like she escapes because she's like she's like a good horror. Like Alice is like I. I'm house I'm at it's, it's me Alice please let me out yeah but Mr. No, Mr. Empty is not a good horror and no. I don't know it's just the connections again I feel like if the connections were more prevalent and not towards the end it would have been a better book I don't know if I like Alice just going oh I just want to collect all the monsters and be the, the, the evil queen yeah like I know she was evil but like I don't know if I needed her, Mr. Empty yeah. and then and that uh, stuff when we her. find out when we find out that T what T's horror is he immediately dies does he not survive that when he gets a no? Because the, like he dies, but then at the end we see her, we see him in a larva with that's right with Auntie. That's right. And now Auntie is like mixed with the larva Who queen. The I, don't know. Know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so what? So this is the first book club that we've actually critiqued being not so great. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, I th- I still think it's I think it the the premise alone and a lot of the ideas are good enough to give it a shot. Yeah. Like if you like spooky cool stuff uh and this sounds interesting it's good. I just don't unfortunately it didn't end. I would recommend this on premise alone. I'd recommend the first 5 issues. Yeah. Or at least four four issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, well that's going to do it for this book club. Uh Sparks, your book club next week. What is what is it? Oh uh, yeah, no, I'd recommend um Survivors Club 2. I thought there's a lot of cool stuff there. Oh yeah, not that you asked. But we're bad. Oh, we're fuck. bad about this. We're so bad. It's hard when I can't see you, baby boy. Can you give me just quick, quickie, quickie, uh, quickies? Give me some quickies about it. I I think that the concept was really cool. There are a lot of things in it that worked for me. I just I don't think the I don't think the lore of the things that are happening to them is explored properly. 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing that really hurts it is that the lore doesn't feel well established of anybody besides probably Kiri. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, that's that she's probably the only one who I felt like I don't really need to know more about you than this. Uh, probably Tio as well. Tio, I think, was fine also. Yeah. Uh, as was, far as lore goes. What was the the uh, the, the the scary house kid? What, what was his name? Simon. 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 He was all right, I guess. No, he's fine. But the lore behind his no, no, thing. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Wasn't wasn't well developed, and that's the whole. I think Alice that's is also one thing. of those things where it's not well developed. No, no, no! Like everybody except Kiri and Tio, I felt like their thing was not presented well. It wasn't uh, developed well enough. It's a cool. There's cool concepts, cool visuals, and cool ideas going on, but it's not well explained or or uh, elaborated I on. And the ending is ending is super weird. Zira is that is that her name? The main character Zira, the I gamer so, girl. Zira. I thought she was fine. I think I got enough about her character. And she threw out gaming references that are like yeah. super like. But again, what I was saying. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about her character. I'm talking about the lore of the thing that happened to them. So the game. Oh no, The okay, game yeah. is. Yeah. Poorly explained. The house is poorly explained. That's the doll true. thing is poorly explained. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Got you. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was getting. And at man, I'm well. really bummed out because like I actually think the idea of like this haunted game like following her, I think that's a cool idea. Because yeah. video games have never really been like explored that way. You know, it's really no. too bad what? that this book exists because this is a really good premise with a lot of half baked ideas. Yeah. But if, a, if someone else came came along and did something like this, yeah. But bake those ideas fully. I bet this would really make a pretty dope like, like movie or TV show that no, they can change up. The video game the video game part of the premise, if you can it's kinda like a sword art online if it was a horror it was a horror thing. Yeah, that makes sense. A little okay. bit. Yeah. Kind of want to write one yeah. now. I, I I said it was like the ring, but like a video game. Yeah. 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 I, I also find that tagline about what if the survivors of the movies from the 80s were real uh a little misleading yeah, yeah. definitely yeah i don't like that as a tagline I, I think it misleads you about what the book is going to be i thought it was going to be a hundred percent a different book mm-hmm. same here because when i first started reading it was started talking about video games i'm like wait what yeah right well, no but i think i think it it was sold as a different book and if it was that different book it would have been better maybe for what i yeah <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was yeah. Maybe Although, this is an image. This could have been. Any, anyway, anyway, I just wanted to, yeah. yeah you, but it's still got cool stuff. Yeah, man. Huh? No, um, I was going to say the main character of uh, the video game girl, she has my dream job. So I, I kind of want to know what school it teaches that so I could be a teacher. No, yeah, no, it's a fictional world. Damn it. Full um, <laughs> right, Sail so, University. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Uh, we're getting pretty late. Uh, Sparks, what's your book club next week? Uh, my book club is The Entirety of Essex County by Jeff Lemire. This is oh, a good, this good is, luck, Ben. This is a good book that I didn't finish. I'm going to read so many comics. Oh, my God. Ben. Yeah? I, I wish you good luck. Jeff Lemire is the sweet. If, oh. Dude, if any, what was the last book he recommended? Beast of Burden. Great. What was the last book before that? God Country. He's not going to prove you wrong. Just read it all, baby. All right. It's all good. No, baby. I'm only saying because he, he was oh, no. reading this, and this is like nine issues. No, I know. I'm saying today. like. This is one you're gonna wanna. You're gonna need give to set. Time, you're gonna need to set some time. Right. Three the, trades. It's 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 a lot. Yeah. But it's also more art than dialogue. Okay. Jeff Lemire's art is gorgeous. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank. Um, no. Hey. No. Thank you. Oh. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> I've taken aback by that. <laughs> uh, real quick. So some house cleaning. Next week we're going to be doing an episode of Stranger Things. So hopefully you guys are catching up on Stranger Things. Finished it. Um, yeah. and uh, I'm not talking to you. Talking to the audience. Hey Ben, did you finish it? Stranger Things? Yeah. Hey yeah. Ben. Did okay. You... Okay. Cool. Would you say that you are really familiar with Stephen King? <laughs> yes. Never go away. Yes, um, I am. Yeah. So next week will be Stranger Things. So uh, hopefully you've you've all watched it. 
and uh, we will discuss it next week. Full spoilers. <laughs> also, we have an interview special up that Ben Magnet did uh, for Personal Monsters. If you'd like to intro that a little bit. Yeah, it's with the uh, artist uh, Chrissy Shin. She is a friend of mine and also a friend of the show. She We talked to her about um, her book, Personal Monsters. It has a Kickstarter going on right now for the Personal Monsters Lux Edition, mm-hmm. which has some more monsters that the, her previous book did not. And also we talk about some of her other works. So you should totally go listen to it. And if you want to back the Kickstarter, go to the Kickstarter. Go it's, a, it it's a good, uh, it's a really good interview, I will have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kickstarter uh, link is in the description of that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is up right now. So go check that out. Um, at the end of the show, we'd love to say thank you to the people who contribute because we love contributions. Yes, we do. Uh, Jeremy Vellucci, thank you for doing our theme music. He does Suburban Proctologist. You can find him at facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist official, Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, check We're him friends out. on Facebook now. Yeah, cool. It's cool. Yeah, check him out. He's really fun. He's got a backlog. You know, listen to them if you haven't listened to them. It's good really stuff, guys. Uh, Andrew, thank you for sending that uh, note to Andrew sent uh, a really sweet long email. Jeremy, um, that I that I sent. Sorry, I just went full Goldblum for a second. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, you uh, uh, yeah, I sent that to Jeremy, and he, he was very he was very appreciative. So again, thank you. Always love hearing from you. Um, Louis Barretto for doing our logo. Yeah, you can find him Instagram at Lens for Eyes and Louis uh, <clears throat> Barretto. Man, I did so good last week. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Louis does any zine, which is the Cal State Northridge zine. You can find them at the CSUN Art Department from five to seven, from six to ten. If you're in the Greater Los Angeles area, uh, if you, they meet every third Wednesday of the month. If you're not, though, you can find them on Instagram, any zine underscore CSUN. That's E N I Z I N E underscore C S U N. Facebook, anyzine at CSUN. Email anyzine.csun at gmail.com. Oh, I'm a little winded from doing that. <laughs> um, if you'd like to get involved with us, please do. We'd love to hear from you all. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fake Nerd Podcast. Or you can find us personally, guys at gmail.com. You can find me, BT McClure, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ryan. DJ, Tony, Snark, and everything. Ben Magnet. Ben Magnet 27 at everything. Oh. Spark plug. Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in, rate and review wherever you get us. We'd love to hear from you. Until, five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Until next week, guys. Oh, if you want to challenge me, Marvel vs. Capcom, PlayStation is Ben Magnet. Just saying. Got it. Stay fake, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>